2: Episode 39 of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I'm your host, Floyd Johnson. And surprise, surprise, back from a bit of a hiatus, it is All Elite. Tiffany, how you doing, Tiffany?
1: I am great, and I am so excited to be back. Thank
2: you. We are so excited to have you back. Some people might have been expecting Amy this week, but Amy has unfortunately has a sick daughter that she is taking care of being the best mom in the world. So uh, Tiffany was like, hey, I can be on the show this week. And I was like, well, be on the show this week. So we're very excited. <laughs> we're very excited to have Tiffany on to talk about wrestling. Before we get started with all the week, I uh, just want to start the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. Power Slam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe, right onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the Code social suplex, you get the first month free. So the big news of the week before we get to the reviews is that AEW, our group in Dynamite, we're not even talking about the show yet, but the ratings came in and we got back on track. AEW yeah. total for viewers, eight hundred and fifty-one thousand to NXT eight hundred and forty-five thousand. The demos were close. Uh, for all of you don't know, uh, uh, demos were close and everything. Uh, I believe NXT one in eighteen to thirty four for the first time, and girls like twelve to eighteen. It's so weird how those things break down. But overall, <laughs> AEW one. What are your thoughts, Tiffany?
1: For me, um, I was just happy to see the number way up, and I think a lot of the factors, I mean, not I know Cody says excuses are for assholes, but I think there are genuine factors for both companies, not just making excuses for AEW, but just that it was the holiday and this and that. Um, I heard that the DVR numbers last week for uh, Dynamite pretty much brought it almost the same as NXT, um, so the loss wasn't nearly as bad as it looked. Um, but I'm just happy that the numbers were up the slight win over NXT is a bonus but for me just seeing them back in those numbers where to be consistent with what they have been and just to show that it probably was the holiday because that's a huge jump from the previous week um i was just happy to see those numbers back up and i'm sure they were too
2: yes uh you know and i definitely agree uh i am not one of those people like, I don't mind if NXT, if AEW was doing over a million, let's say NXT was doing, I mean, AEW was doing a million, and NXT was doing a million two five or something like that, and they were consistently winning. As long as AEW had a million, you would hear no complaints from me. You know, I don't Absolutely. really care if NXT has more as long as AEW was doing well.
1: Yeah, that's how I feel, too. I yeah. mean, I, I definitely am Team AEW, clearly, but I'm not rooting for anyone to fail. And my at the end of the day, all I care about is seeing AEW succeed. So yeah. Yeah. definitely just happy to see the numbers bounce back.
2: Yeah, because if both numbers were crap and we were in front of them, I, just, I wouldn't care. I'm like, I need these numbers to get higher. <laughs> you know Exactly, I, I yeah. It, it's not just about beating NXT. It's fun to beat NXT because – you know, you get to uh, you get to uh, kind of rub that in a little bit, and you know,
1: I, I am. <laughs> it's a, a good bonus, like
2: I, I said. I, I it's say, a
1: definitely a nice bonus.
2: I'm like I'm a good guy, but I can have my petty moments. You
1: know. Exactly, <laughs> we're human.
2: You know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, don't it's,
1: tell me they don't have them too. We know they do. Believe me. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it
2: is fun to needle. Oh, I I need to say this before we really get started. After the show, after we go through all our things, there is an interview with the rapper. His name is Teasy Scott or Antoine his real name Antoine Moore, but he goes by TZ Scott or Monteezy. Uh he uh does he does the theme song for Sammy G. He also released a song about Cody called Cody, and that's why. And I, it's
1: so good. <laughs> and it's so good,
2: and that's why I, uh, I decided to interview him. And then I found out he is actually when Big Slow's song debuted that'll be his also. So uh, you know, it's something that I want you to listen to. It's a little different than what we usually do, but we're gonna give you your normal. Show where we talk about all things elite, and then the interview will go on right after it. Uh, I was joined by One Nation Radio's Rich Latta. We had a great conversation, we had a lot of information on it. I actually recorded that part before we recorded this part of the show. I think you'll just get a kick out of it, you know. And it's one of those things, it's not really time sensitive. So if you want to listen to this part and listen to that other part later, do that, whatever you want to do. But you'll be getting information. You'll uh, have his links in the bio. Uh, again, his name's Teezy Scott, but if you're looking on, like, YouTube and stuff, it'll be Monteezy. So, looking forward. To, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. If I, hope I can't you... wait to
1: hear it, too. That sounds awesome. <laughs>
2: yes. So, um... Tiffany, what well, well, we're going to look at first, we're going to start the week like it does on Monday. This week, instead of being the elite, even on my recap, I have it as being the elite, <laughs> but it's actually <laughs> being the inner circle. Uh, you did not watch it, which is okay, because it really, like I told you before we even started the show, it didn't further any storylines, you didn't like miss anything but just to go through re- real quick, I just made some bullet points. So we got Leva read. We open with Leva reading to Santana Ortiz and Sammy G a book called Playing with Boys. I don't I don't know <laughs> what the significance of this was. <laughs> yeah, that's <but> interesting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's reading excerpts from that movie, book. And then so we get to the next scene. They kind of do an opening, get to the next scene. And Santana is upset that. Juan Ho is the leaving a group BTS now I don't know anything about I know it's (laughs) K-pop but the the, the joke is Santana thinks Juan Ho is a girl (laughs) oh
1: my (laughs) god yes and
2: he's like why is she leaving the group and Ortiz like (laughs) Juan Ho is a man he's like he's been a man this whole time yes Juan Ho is a man (laughs) and he's like no. Oh yeah, so it, it was it was a very funny, confusing segment. It reminds me, it reminded me of an old episode of Family Guy when Quagmire found out Taylor Hanson was a guy. So. <laughs>
1: I know uh, Leva loves K-pop, so I'm sure she has something to do with that reference too. Yes, so.
2: you, your your twin purse made an appearance on the yes, show too. Yes, my yes
1: yes my purse twin loves her some K-pop. So. Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, the the purse made an appearance on the show.
1: I saw, uh, I did see that, I did uh-huh. see that, and I was like, it's there's the BB8 bag, so that's yes. cool.
2: Uh, the thing they learned this week from hanging with uh, Leva is to not kidnap people, and then they took a <laughs> Polaroid selfie and they let Leva go. They then stole her phone and went to pawn it. Uh, <laughs> you get the inner circle thing? It was in their circle. In in their circle. Uh, <laughs> they said they don't know what to do. They like they usually do a bit. Santana says he doesn't watch the show ever. Ortiz does an amazing super kick where his foot barely leaves the ground and then they showed it in slow motion. That was pretty funny. Uh, Jake Hager is jealous that Sammy G is in the standies, uh, standy with, uh, Chris Jericho hugging him <laughs> and, uh, Jake is, Jake oh, is, goodness. Jake's editing the show and Sammy is annoying him and he's, st- and, and of course Jake is doing that. He doesn't talk bit. Sammy he uh, was annoying
1: someone. Yeah. I can't believe it. I can't
2: believe it. that so <laughs> Jake just gave him a look and he ran away. It was hilarious. Uh, oh, man. Then we get Inner Circle mailbag and a few of the questions that were asked. Sammy G, what's it like to be a god? Uh, when, <laughs> else, when will Santana take the rest of the Inner Circle to Puerto Rico? Santana gets very excited about talking about going to uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, opinions on the milk first. And I, I've got to ask Tiffany, milk first? Are you a cereal first or milk first person? Serial first. Serial <laughs> first. I didn't even, like the idea that this is a debate is, like, is so weird to me. Uh, I in- feel
1: like Flip Gordon's probably a milk first guy, I'm sure. So. Sam, Sammy G,
2: Sammy G is a milk first person. He was oh, the only one in the goodness. group. And it was funny cuz Ortiz was like that's not happening in my house. He was very passionate. I would be right
1: there with him. That would be a no. Like if you're going to have cereal in my place, you're you're going cereal first.
2: Yes, he was very passionate. Uh they asked Jake when he was going to wrestle, he just kind of stared at the screen and then everybody's like everybody was like, <laughs> everybody was like that's what I was thinking too. And that's who's gonna be your first opponent? It was hilarious because we have no idea who that is. <laughs> Nick then merch freaked, made the lights go out, and he merch freaked the inner circle to the where they dropped the camera and ran away. Uh Brandon and Matt came and fixed uh came and picked up the camera and he's like, I wonder what happened to him. And then Nick does his little thing where he's staring and he's like, merch freak. And that's how the show goes <laughs> off. So Yeah, uh, Santana is, we found out Santana is very afraid of ghosts. So (laughs) um, that's how that, that's how that happened. And I was like, that's hilarious. It's like, I don't mess around with ghosts. All right. Well, that was being the inner circle. Hopefully we get back to being the elite next week. Yes. And and maybe get more teases for things to come. And uh, let's see. All right, so now we're going to go into the AEW Dark Recap. AEW Dark, this is from Tuesday, December 3rd. This is one with Sha in Chicago on November 27th. Uh, We start off, and this is just a match recap. We start off with, uh, before the match has started, uh, we get a clip of Nyla beating up Shauna at the meet and greet before the show. This is significant because Shauna was supposed to be on commentary with Excalibur. Since she was injured, Nyla took her place, and then hilarity ensued. I, What did you think of Nyla on commentary?
1: I think Nyla's hilarious, so I loved it.
2: Yes, I thought it was very funny, and every time he said, "duty," she said, you said
1: duty." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she is just so funny. Like she, I don't even think she realizes how funny she is, just how her personality, even if she's supposed to be this heel, like, she doesn't know how to not be funny. So, I, yeah, I thought she was
2: great. I thought, yeah, I thought she played a perfect heel color person on this episode. Definitely. I was like, with, a, you know, just a little more time, she could do that, like, permanently if she wanted to. I thought <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, it was I, great. Yeah, so uh first match we get, Jimmy Havoc. He pins uh Brandon Cutler, who had on an amazing jacket that was done by his wife. Very much, I don't know what video game character that was, but I thought the jacket was dope.
3: And Oh my uh,
1: gosh, it was. Denise nailed it. She does so great on everybody's gear, but I thought, you know, she always, I mean, I don't want to say that she does lesser on anyone's, because she's phenomenal, and I'm always completely awed of her work, but you could tell that was a labor of love. Like, when you look at the photos of that jacket on Twitter and the, in the pictures that they posted, and just thought, you know, even on the show, like, goodness, you could just tell it was it was a labor of love and it it was just gorgeous. Like she just her her ability is out of this world, the stuff she does and that was definitely on top of the very top of the list of the ones she's done so far.
2: Yes, and I have a thought. I'm not saying anything's wrong I thought the jacket and the look was great. I would have liked him to save it for a bigger match.
1: I agree with that, yes, yeah. I feel like you know his his time in AEW is just getting started, so that would have been a really cool debut for a bigger match, but yeah. I'm sure he was just really excited yeah. to put it out there, but yeah I, I i could see that for sure,
2: yeah, this is like I just thought it was so dope, but it was just like, well, you're just kind of about to lose really quickly, and he did. Right, right, yeah <laughs> he lost to of the- course, havoc. <laughs> Havoc does his thing, and he, yep. he at, in the middle of the match, he brings out his staple gun, and the referee threatens him, and then he gets back in the ring, and, of course, he hits him with the acid rainmaker and finishes him. Then he staples a $10,000 check to yep. Cutler's head.
1: He's like, here's my sign. You can have, yeah, because, <laughs> as we know, he's getting fined if he uses the staple gun. What is it? Isn't it like 10000 every time he uses it? Publicly? Yes. So... So there you go. He has absolutely no worries when it comes to that. He'll, if he wants to staple you, he'll just staple the ten thousand dollars check right to your head. So <laughs>
2: yes, and they had like a little backstage stabbing where he was talking to someone from management, and he he said something which I thought was perfectly, uh, uh, perfectly poignant to his cause. He said, "You knew who you signed." <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, you and I it. love that because that's the absolute truth, you know. <laughs> you don't sign Jimmy Havoc and expect him to not do things like
2: that. Yes, it's like yeah. I'm like I'm completely on Jimmy Havoc's side on that one. I was like you. Yeah, I've got to side. agree.
1: I've got to agree.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, then, then we get a Dark Order vignette. Uh, in this case, um, it was him. Uh, the uh, the character I always forget his name. But I think his real name's Louie. I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know no, that your, he has a character name or not. But you see him taking the little flyer off, and it looks like he's walking into the woods to, as they say, join the dark order. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm only covering this because these vignettes are getting more and more, and the story is progressing. But this is him actually thinking about going to a meeting, or he actually went to a meeting, and he heard evil Uno. Given his speech, and he's listening. He hasn't decided at this point if he's going to join, but he's listened. Uh, then we get to, uh, Sean Spears in a match with the amazing Sonny Kiss, and I actually thought this my
1: Sunny. <laughs> yes,
2: I thought this match was really well, good. What did you think of it?
1: I love that match. Um, I think you know, obviously Sean Spears is just—he's excellent, and I absolutely love Sonny. I think Sonny just—he's. Um, just his style like he has such a gymnastic like I don't know if he has a gymnast background but if he doesn't it he you would think he would because of the way he can just the things he does the way he flips the um oh what's the word I'm looking for where you can like I can't think of the word but just his ability to like you know bend and do things like it's it's insane like yes yeah. and it makes him have such a style that differs from other people and stands out and I just thought they worked really well together considering too that their styles are so different and I just really enjoyed it. I, I didn't love at the end when they attacked Sonny after but um but the match was awesome and then I don't know if you saw that Sean Spears like no no heel remark literally like put Sonny over on Twitter after which I thought was so cool.
2: He said the better person won, but he'd wrestle him. He'd wrestle Sonny Kiss any day. Uh, yeah, Sonny K, Kiss is amazingly flexible, almost like a contortionist. Flexible, thank you. <laughs> uh, almost like a contortionist. And the whole twerking thing, people aren't supposed to be able to move like that. Maybe uh, yes.
1: <laughs> Sean uh, yeah. to do something, but yeah. just kind of flexed his butt, and it was pretty hilarious. Yes. <laughs> not quite the same as Sonny.
2: Yeah, and he was. Uh, the big thing is that he so amazingly talented and it's just it it made the match look good Sean Spears you know held his own but Sonny Kiss is like one of those people when he wrestles you definitely want to you pay attention it's like you you're not doing anything else when Sonny Kiss is on the screen Uh, yeah
1: he knows how to command that audience and make you pay attention like you said absolutely
2: yes Sean Spears wins with his running Death Valley Driver uh they then uh Spears attacked Sonny kiss after the match and him and uh, Tully uh spike pile drop Sonny kiss on the end he had uh, on the
1: floor on yeah. the floor,
2: and Sonny had to be helped to the back uh then we get a Jurassic- but you
1: can't hate on Tully getting in- involved because come on that's pretty cool to see Tully get involved even if it's on sunny I was not loving that but it's yeah. still kind of cool and I'm glad that Tully's still with Spears I just think it's such a great pairing
2: Yes, when it comes to uh when it comes to Tully, it's like, like I said, it, it takes me back to my childhood. Everybody remembers yes. uh Tully and Arn had this uh little run in the WWE about two year run as the brain busters. And that was their finisher, the Spike Pile Driver. So seeing Tully on the other side of the Spike Pile Driver just, you know. Warms to my soul. I just didn't like that it happened to Sonny Kiss, you know.
1: Exactly, but it was a treat for sure.
2: Yes, it was definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely a treat. Uh, then we had Penta and Ray getting uh, interviewed, and, uh, interviewed, and they were talking about how their best tag team and CD jumped them by himself, and he got pulled back by Frankie K. This sets up Penta versus Christopher Daniels on Dynamite, which we'll talk about later. We then get a Jurassic Park vignette. I don't, I mean, Jurassic Express. Not Jurassic Express. Of, yeah, vignette. <laughs> I don't really understand these vignettes, but they are funny. Uh,
1: I, I know. I, I don't know if we're meant to understand. We just have to enjoy them because they're really cute, and something about them is just endearing. So I, I love them.
2: <laughs> so then we get Proud and Powerful versus Marco in Jungle Boy, as Jurassic Express this time, that version of it. Proud and Powerful beat them with a power bomb rolled up into a knee to the face. Uh, I'm guessing, I guess since Marco and Jungle Boy has been doing the tag team, I don't think Luchasaurus is all the way recovered from his hamstring injury. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree.
1: He's there to, because he, he's definitely a draw. People like seeing him, but clearly he's not in the position to compete. Or I think he would be for the, sure.
2: The things he can still do with that hamstring being like that are pretty <laughs> impressive. uh, Well,
1: he's, you know, a 65-million-old dinosaur, so, you know, he's tough, he's tough, so. uh,
2: After the match, Sammy G came down, and then uh, we're recording his vlog, and then they attacked Marco and Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus came out to defend him, Hager and Luchasaurus finally get physical for the first time. Uh, uh, the inner circle gets in and they jump Luchasaurus and get the advantage on him, and then the young bucks come down and make the save, and that's how Dark ends.
1: Another great episode.
2: Another great episode of Dark. Uh, it's one of those things that it is one of it. Like I remember Raw used to have. Then there used to be like superstars, and it was Mm -hmm. like superstars was like nothing matches that you didn't want to watch but you would watch if somebody you really liked were on there that's not dark it is really a supplementary show to dynamite you really do need to watch it because storylines are advanced on dark plus people that don't get a lot of in-ring work get more in-ring work on dark
1: absolutely and i said um weeks ago when it comes to dark it's not a b show i just look at it as more AEW and You know, with the two-hour time slot on TNT, it's impossible to get everyone on the show without giving really pointless matches that are short and just done for the sake of getting people on, on TV as far as on TNT. So with it being, you know, it's 2019, YouTube is enormous. I mean, people literally make their living off of doing YouTube videos. If you go back and look at the dark uh, viewing, I mean, most of them, um, after being up for so long, hit uh, almost a million views each. So clearly people are watching. And I think it's, it's just a great idea to do, not only for people who don't get on the show as much, but they also put people like the Bucks. Next week, we have Kenny. I mean, it's it's not like it's just like you said. You know, when when w, WWE would have, you know, superstars or Jacked or Metal or whatever, they were all very pointless shows. And every six months, you might tune in for one person that you really liked that was randomly on there. So with Dark, it's definitely like you said, it's supplemental to uh, Dynamite. It further storylines. Uh, the wins and losses matter as well, just as much as they do on there as they do on Dynamite. So it's absolutely something that you definitely should tune into and and it's just always a great show i mean i i'm always it's like my when i'm just so ready for it to be wednesday i'm like oh but it's tuesday and i get an hour extra of aew so it helps hold me over till dynamite
2: yes and for those out there i'm imagine if you're out there you found a way to listen to dynamite every week but i am a big on you know the word of mouth thing and if your friends don't have cable uh for they cut the cord or whatever they do generally have the internet, whether it's on their phone or whatever. And you know what? You can get on dark. They do keep you pretty much updated on what happened to Dynamite. It's a great way to feed into, you know, AEW as you're trying to get somebody prepared. Uh when we were in Baltimore, uh when we were in Baltimore, uh we were outside waiting on the an Uber and a guy basically said he didn't have oh, yeah. cable and we pointed them to dark. So remember yep. to do that if you're listening to the show remember hey that's a great way to dip your toe into the water just tell people hey you know see if this is see if this is the way you like wrestling presented of course we'd rather than watch dynamite but hey if you can get them started by watching aew dark you definitely want to do that definitely yes now, and that
1: guy wasn't messing around he literally pulled his phone out and subscribed to aew on YouTube right in front of us so yeah. that guy wasn't just BSing with us like he was literally like oh i didn't know that and got out and subscribed right in front of and, us so that was pretty cool
2: and that's what i tell people you will be surprised because of how you can control uh, how you could control uh your media and things like that how many people don't know about aew that used to watch wrestling back in the late 90s early in 2000s and they they quit watching for some reason, and all they need to know is that this exists. So I even said, I know I, I'd always say I'd always know I sound like a cheerleader, but I don't mind sounding like a cheerleader.
1: Tell yeah, I to, feel the same way. <laughs> <to tell laughs> as everyone, you know, as you know. <laughs> as
2: you know, tell everyone you know. You know, start them on dark. Start them on whatever you can, you know, just like let them watch it. They don't like it, they don't like it. I mean, everyone has their yeah, own I taste. Yeah, think- I
1: Elaborating on that, um, I think, you know, one thing with me, I know that I'm very vocal. Um, I literally never go to work without my AEW pin on my shirt. I've started several conversations because of it, either people that already knew about it and wanted to talk about it, or people that just were like, what is that? And I tell them, Um, and I think it's, you know, one thing that Floyd just said, that's so important is that there's a lot of wrestling fans out there that are not aware of AEW, despite the incredible advertising. You still have people who don't realize that there's more than WWE on their TV, people who probably have cable and just don't know, and maybe are that lapsed you know, wrestling fans. So... I always am, like, encouraging people, if, if you love AEW, which I know so many of you do, to love it loudly and to talk about it and not, you know, not just on social media with people who are already watching, but like Floyd said, to talk about it uh, openly all the time, be that cheerleader, because I guarantee you there are still a, so much on tap, you know, of a fan base out there that just aren't aware yet. Um, and like Floyd said, if they don't have cable, then, yeah, put them put them you know, direct them in the direction of AEW Dark. I also think, too, like uh, everyone, um, or most of you, I think, know Jackie, one of my dearest friends. um, I actually got her into the Elite by just constantly talking about them. So she finally binge-watched BTE, and she's been hooked ever since, and now AEW is her world like it is mine. And I think, you know, that's another way to do it is just be like, hey, go watch BTE, because I don't think, unless you're, you know, I don't. I don't know if you're breathing. How you could watch BTE and not laugh and just fall in love with the guys? And in that, if that doesn't make you want to start watching AEW, then I don't. I can't even imagine. So, I think that you know, between Dark BTE and then the actual Dynamite. I mean, there's so many ways to get introduced to AEW, and I think it's just really important to broaden that conversation beyond just the people that already watch. Because I guarantee you, I. I it's so funny to me whenever. Uh, I, I talk about wrestling at work or with customers. How many people are like, "Oh man, I used to watch wrestling," and I don't know. I think I if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I'd be rich. And I and I tell them, "Well, you should check out AEW." And it's crazy how many people at some point in their life loved pro wrestling, maybe fell out of it, but maybe would love to get back into it if they had something different. So I definitely think it's it's just super important to talk about it and tell people. Not just within your inner circle um, to, to to watch because I think you can easily create new fans just by mentioning that AEW exists to people who may not know that.
2: Yeah, because it's uh, what I you know I've always noticed is I don't want and I'm not and this is not an insult. It's gonna come out like I don't really want to take fans from NXT. If you like WWE. In NXT, and that's your style of how you present it. Watch it. I want new yeah, fans. Yeah, definitely. I want new fans. Yes, I agree. I want the because you know fans. they're out there.
1: They're, yeah, they're out there. I want the and people that, that don't and watch anyway, wrestling that was their anymore. Target all along.
2: Yeah, I want the people that don't watch wrestling anymore. That's so why I was like, when I see that number, and I'm like, I don't want it to come, you know, when you look at the number and it's the same 2 million, 1.5 million people watching the show, no, I want new fans. I want to introduce them to, I want people that haven't watched in a long time to introduce them to wrestling as they may remember it. And I think that's what AEW brings to it. And I, like I said, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here. We're kind of, because it. I do think that's how, like, when people's like, are you, an expert show I'm like I I'm only an AEW expert as in I care and I watch everything more than once that's the only way otherwise this is pretty much a fan podcast so yeah Yeah, definitely when I fan out for AEW that's that's the point I I like it if I didn't like the show I wouldn't do this show if I didn't (laughs) like Cody and the Bucks and Kenny Omega and I didn't I didn't think about – I didn't uh, want to see Tony Khan's Pro Wrestling. I wouldn't do this show. I just wouldn't. I I can't. Yeah,
1: well, and that's the same with me with doing this and Twitter. I mean, I don't don't gain anything from the amount of love I show for AEW. Other than that, it's because of how much I do love it and that I genuinely care – that that's where I get something out of it. It's not like you, like Floyd said, you know, we're not a paid podcast. I'm not, I'm not paid to make my tweets or my videos. It's literally just straight from the heart passion that I believe in this so much, believe in the people behind it, and love what they're doing so much that I feel compelled to do what I do.
2: Yeah. That's, like, this passion that you hear from me, it cannot be faked at all. It just can't. If I didn't no, care, absolutely you, not. If I didn't care, you would hear it. <laughs> I, I promise. Yeah,
1: I, I I don't know how to like fake things or half-ass them. So with AEW, you get you get genuine Tiffany, and since I don't know how to half-ass it, you get like over the top, ridiculously excited <laughs> Tiffany, and that's it. it. And it's all because of how much I really love AEW. So yeah, like Floyd, it's I couldn't make I couldn't do any of what I do if I wasn't really feeling it um and you would be able to tell if i was forcing myself in any way so yeah and and i think that just speaks so widely of the core AEW like fan base that has been following it cuz there's such a it is really just such a huge passion for it, and it's awesome to see so and
2: that and that's a per- this is a perfect segue cuz last week i did not like it i did not like AEW dynamite i'm i'm being 100% me and tiffany were talking about it on uh twitter and dm and we were like that didn't feel like AEW Dynamite. The Chicago yeah, like show.
1: Yeah,
2: it just didn't feel. like I did it. not
1: hate it, but it was. It felt weird. It, it felt, felt weird. Like it. it didn't start with a match. Um, if you watch my key plug, my latest Heart of the Elite with Tiffany, that I put up yesterday. I said it there. I said it. It, it did not kick off with a match, and that set the tone for the night. And it was just a weird night overall. It, it, it was not, you know they more than bounce back, which we'll get into this week. But it just, yeah, it definitely had a different vibe in Chicago. Something fell off all night, and I don't know if it was just that setting the tone of not starting with a banger of a match, but something was off.
2: <laughs> yes, and that, again, perfect segue into this week's account because this week, uh, this week, it felt, <laughs> it felt like dynamite again. It got back to dynamite. Uh, we started... With a six-man tag match, uh, it, you know, uh, proud, uh, the first out was Sammy Guevara Proud and Powerful, uh, well, Santana Ortiz, Proud and Powerful came out with Sammy G, and then the Bucks came out, and then Dustin came out and he 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 uh, showed <laughs> off his his uh you uni- uh his uh uniform for the night. He had the Young Buck tassels on. He was just like a buck, and then he did the flex and lean thing.
1: And he even had a fluorescent, like, burst in within the gear. It was so great, and I I haven't... I meant to find out if it was Denise or Sandra who did it, but whoever did it, that was just phenomenal.
2: And it's awesome because Dustin is 50, and he could be a (laughs) stodgy old veteran if he wanted to be and be like, this isn't real wrestling and never have fun. But no, he has went the complete opposite way. He is just diving into all things new, and he just looks like he's having a great time. If he didn't mention he was 50, I don't think most wrestling fans, like most new fans, would even know.
1: No, definitely not. Man. Nothing about him is fifty, except for him telling us he's fifty.
2: <laughs> yeah, so he—he's the oldest person in this match by like fifteen years, and you could not tell. He kept up with them. In every way, I think Dustin was like the MVP of this match because he was just like he—he he just had fun. He did the thing off the top, the diving crossbody. Uh, he did a he did a destroyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he did a Destroyer. Uh, he did the he did his, uh, I think it's working into his um, shell, uh, working his performance. He did the thing where he gets tired from doing all the power slams and then pulls off the power slam again. I like every spot I remember from this match, which I remember a lot of spots, but every spot was dusted.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I mean, he went out there and just absolutely shined. And I think that the Bucks were probably just so – just so happy and honored to team with him that they were fine with him. (laughs) You know, Which, of course, because he's just, he's great. And I just, like you said, he could be one of two people. He could be that 50-year-old guy who just refuses to uh, move forward and, and evolve with wrestling as it evolves, but that's not Dustin. I mean, he's so passionate about helping everybody in the AEW locker room from wrestling standpoint to promos. It just, he, he just loves the business. Um, he loves Cody so much. So anything he could do to help something that is, you know, Cody's, and obviously not just Cody's, but just because that's his brother. I mean, and then he goes out there in the ring and hasn't lost a step. Um, I know people chant you still got it at him, but he never left. He's always been there. He's never lost it. He is absolutely phenomenal. And it was so special to see him teaming with the Bucks.
2: Yeah, I think people just forgot he had it because WWE had him benched for so long.
1: Absolutely. That's yeah. the truth. And, I mean, and it's a great – I mean, I get the chant. It's just always been one of those ones. Like, I'll, I'll go back to when one of the many times Chris Jericho left and came back to WWE, and I believe he had someone in the uh, walls of Jericho, and they were chanting, you still got it. And he goes, I never lost it, baby. And it just was like a moment I'll never forget. And whenever I think of that chant towards certain people – um, like Dustin's one, where I'm just like, no, he's
2: never lost it. He uh, he's always had it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's in the. He even says that he's in the best shape of his life. He's moving like he's never moved. And like like when they say he's going to be in a match, I completely look forward to it just because you know he's bringing it, and it looks like he's just having. It's certain people, and I'm not going to say everybody in the roster, but certain people that just looks like they're having a good time. And Dustin just looks like he is in having a good time doing this, even when he's losing and they're getting attacked. It looks like he—you can almost <laughs> see the expression of smile on his face. Uh, the end of this match came with a, a ending I'll never forget. Dustin and uh, Dustin and uh, Matt. Both had people up in two stone positions. Sammy mm-hmm. was laying on the ground, and they did an indie taker into a diving senton. Uh, Nick pinned Sammy G f- uh, uh, for the one, two, three, and that's how the match ended. It was really, really cool.
1: It was a great way to start off. Dynamite, this is exactly what Dynamite should start off with, is a match where you, right off with the wrestling, because for us, I think, you know, you have your counterpart of BTE and I encourage everyone to watch being the elite because that's where you get most of your story development. And then they did a really great job this week, which as we continue with the show review, um, we'll talk about how they did a great way of sprinkling in story development and not taking away from the action. It was just so well done this week. It was perfect. But um, yeah, just, just, uh, you know, starting off dynamite with that match mean the AEW fans you know we crave amazing pro wrestling and that's what AEW offers so when AEW when dynamite kicks off with a match like this and you especially with someone where you hear the bucks theme and that just gets the crowd going it's it's just such a perfect way to set the tone for the night and this did the work um exactly what it should have done
2: yeah it's it, they have a formula You know, people like, you know, uh, they wonder if, you know, certain people, if there's a formula for great wrestling. AEW has a formula. The formula is starting off with a great match. I think the whole tone of the show, if you look, this was the 10th show. And if you look at the 10th show, the ones where they started off with a hot match with someone with a big entrance, uh, tend to you know go and people uh, view it more favorably, even going back yep. to the first episode when Cody was the the entrance that started it. It was a big entrance, it was a star, it was a good match to get you get your blood pumping, and it, it, it gets the crowd, even the casuals, it gets them on their feet and ready to re- get ready to watch the uh, rest of the show. Now, definitely. Now, again, we go in second match. We go straight into Ray and Ray Phoenix and Trent Beretta. So tell me if you think. Tell me what you think on my idea on this one. I okay. think because right after Ray and Trent, it was the Cody promo. I feel when you start with that hot of a match, you should have probably went to the Cody promo, then the Ray Phoenix and Trent. Cause I don't think the crowd was ready for Ray Phoenix and Trent yet.
1: Yeah, I could see that. It, I feel. I mean, I thought the match was great. Um, I don't. I feel like the crowd was into it, and I think audio issues were partially to blame. Um, right. It towards the beginning of the show for not hearing how into it the crowd was. But I do think that maybe it would have been a cool. Yeah, it would have been a cool to split it up. But I honestly didn't. I didn't even notice that it was a uh, any less of. Um, Okay. you know, as far as the crowd response. So for and, me, I didn't even pick up on that.
2: Hey, you know, and that might have been, because I, I heard this, that only the people watching on TNT had audio issues.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah, so that, that, okay. Yeah, there definitely were some audio or, issues.
2: Yeah, if you're on Fight TV or foreign markets, there wasn't. So it wasn't anything AEW was doing. It was the TNT feed that was causing the audio issues. So... And i was just letting everyone know that we did notice <laughs> That's it. We noticed people were we did, freaking out about it <laughs> yeah we did notice it we're not ignoring it we just found out it wasn't aw's fault so what can you do
1: <laughs> exactly yeah. That's not their fault so we're not going to discuss it but yeah. yeah i do think that you know because of that issue on tnt's end that there were a little bit of a where the commentary came off uh a little louder and it the crowd sounded quiet, but if you watched the crowd and and listened to it, even though it just audio wasn't matching up, like as far as the to be equal to the commentary, you could tell they were super into it. Um, like I said, I definitely think that it would have been just just as fine to do Cody's segment next um, and then have the other match. But I didn't. I don't think it really hurt anything having it looked the way it was booked.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things. It's more of a. It's not a complaint. It's a critique. It's just yeah. like. You know, sometimes after those hot matches, it's like, okay, not necessarily a cool down, but because I think the Cody thing would have kept people up. It would have been mm-hmm. like even, i like, it actually probably would have elevated it to a level instead of. Yeah, getting,
1: keep them on a high and then and, give them another great match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you notice, um, I don't know if you noticed, but I think it was J.R., when they put up the graphic saying that match was next, Jr. said, "Don't sleep on this match. It has the potential to be the best one-on-one match of the night." So him even saying that was like, "Guys, you know this match is going to be great." Like you know, so not that he was saying it wouldn't be, but I don't know, just the fact that he said that stood out to me. That you know, don't don't sleep on this match. You know, it's it's definitely obviously we just started with the Bucks and Gold. You know, or uh, not Goldust, but Dustin, um, the Natural against uh, Santana Ortiz and Sammy. Such a banger of a match that you know even Jr was like don't sleep on the next one so it might have been better placed uh, after the Cody segment.
2: Yes, and like I said, Ray Phoenix, Ray Phoenix is one of my favorite wrestlers in the company. Uh, You know, honestly, I would probably put him right after Cody for me. He's just. Wow. Yeah, he's just such a dynamic wrestler. Every time I see him in the ring, he does something I've never seen before, which someone that's been watching wrestling for 30 years, it's hard to see things I haven't seen before. So I think he's just super talented, and I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good match, and like I said, now that you pointed out that it was audio issues, I was like, oh, okay, because I'd never heard a crowd that quiet for a Ray Phoenix match
1: yeah and I think because we were both watching on TNT that that's something that we probably unfortunately had a, a slight part and I turned my volume way up because I was like it was bothering me I was like I know it's louder it should be louder than this so but even still yeah I, I think it could have been maybe a little bit better to go after Cody but yeah still just like you said it was a good match Phoenix is great i think trent's great i, I like seeing them showcase because they, they have a lot of potential That's both of the best friends and so yeah i just i thought it was a really good match
2: yeah and ray uh F- ray phoenix defeated trent with his uh spinning uh spinning muscle buster they call the black fire driver so he gets the pin he is now 2 and 0 and uh as a singles wrestler trent beretta goes to 1 and 1 because he lost to penta and then he uh, beat he lost to Ray and then he beat Pena, so one and one and two and zero. Oh. Uh, then we get the Cody promo. Um, yeah, this this promo this promo. So I heard, I, have, I
1: have very very little to say about this. No true.
2: <laughs> I heard some people like I listened to one of the other at uh, one of the other AEW podcasts. I listened to. I, I I love them and I love their opinion, but they were like this promo was just good and i was like what are you talking about i mean wow that's crazy <laughs> yes yeah, so i was like he because so he starts off kind of giving you a state of his life you know which not a lot of, you know he broke it down and gave you a pretty kind of a state of his life he's like you know uh he wants to fight mjf you know then he doesn't know the butcher and the, he knows who the butcher and the blade are. And he, he uses their actual real names and the names they've used in other companies. And he's like, well, I don't really have anybody that has my back right now. You know, my brother's wrestling with the bucks, Brandy and Kong are cutting people's, uh, you know, defenseless uh, members of the women's divisions hair off. And he's like, you know, and then his best friend kicked him in, you know, best friend kicked him in the nuts. So he's like, he's kind of lost you know he's i mean that's like basically his first part of his promo was him being vulnerable you know yeah and it was just like okay and then that set him up and then they set him up like hey you know butcher and Blade, pick my partner we'll fight you know you could have just asked for a match you know not a big deal like you know we'll fight and then he goes after mjf and Oh, my God, I think he called him hood rich, <laughs> said his yeah. scarf was fake. Uh, he's like
1: an NWO uh, version of Chris Jericho. I yeah, mean, it was yeah. he just absolutely just yeah. exposed yeah. him and it was so good.
2: Uh, yeah, it, it, like it, basically if. If Triple H cut the same promo, they would have said he buried him. That <laughs> was like that was that was it was crazy. But he was building to the match. He was building up the angst of the match and the only way Cody can do. And then he offered pretty much everything he had. Uh he offered his shoes. What they, they uh it's Louis Vuitton is how you said I believe. They're mm-hmm, like thousand his red do- bottom. They're like thousand dollar shoes. He offered a watch from Tony Khan. Which uh, I'm imagining was quite expensive. If Tony gave it to him, Vol uh, well, TK gave it to him. Uh, what else did he offer? Some
1: he uh, offered the keys to his uh, Ford Black Ops truck, which is like one of three hundred in existence.
2: Yes, yes, and so
1: and fifty thousand dollars.
2: Fifty thousand dollars in real cash. He even gave a hundred dollars to a kid in the front row who no sold him. You
1: know, yeah, I know. I don't think I can understood the value of what he was giving. Him. Yes, because he's
2: like he you know, sold him, and yeah, he's like I will give you anything to fight you, and uh, so it was just like it was just a hell of a promo, and it was just a promo. I
1: have a lot to say about it, though. <laughs> I really, I do. Yes,
2: I know, it was just a hell of a promo, and I was like, and he took you on a journey. This is me saying it, then I'm gonna let you do your thing. Yes, uh, okay. He took you on a journey. He he let you know where he was at, and he let you uh, know what his focus was going to be for the next few weeks, which is basically getting his revenge on a butcher and a blade, and then he's going to make MJF fight him. So I just thought this, like, I, I put out a tweet, and, I, and it, it was very much a direct shot at uh, WWE because I was like, who needs promo school? Just turn it on AEW and watch Cody work, you know? <laughs> Cody actually even liked it, which is, I mean, like, seriously. I mean, it's everything you wanted from a promo. And I thought it was great. I just don't even see how anyone just thought it was just good, you know. But uh, I will digress and let Miss Elite <laughs> Tiffany uh, do her thing. Tell us, what were your thoughts?
1: Well, okay. So, first of all, I just want to say I can't believe that anyone thought it was just good because I, I- – I'm just surprised by that. I've seen so much peop- so much feedback from it, you know, just in tweets and stuff and on Instagram. And I saw so much, like, in- just kind of similar to the other promo he cut um, before before full gear, um, where people were just so wowed by it. Um, I saw I saw someone from I think it was Wrestling Inc. post a tweet about, you know, four years ago who did we actually who actually thought Cody Rhodes would be the best promo or whatever? And I said, me, I thought so. But that's, beyond, that's beside the point. Um, staying on track. Uh, this is exactly kind of what I thought I was getting last week um, in Chicago. So it left such a poor taste in my mouth that Cody came back, had his match, started to get on the mic, and I was so ready for this promo. And then he got a tech. which even though in the, in the moment I was super disappointed, I mean, that what a great way to get heat on the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny They came out they attacked the face of AEW Cody you know in a moment where everyone was so excited to see him back so even though I you know if I can reflect back now at my how disappointed I was they they did exactly what they should have done even if at the moment I was really disappointed um bounce you know to the next week to this past Wednesday You know, Cody comes out, and I got everything I hoped for last week, and I think, you know, honestly, on a bigger story now because we have the factor of the butcher, the blade, and the bunny. So, again, the previous week was a little bit weird, and I was disappointed with that, but, again, mission accomplished because that's kind of the point to bring someone in against the absolute face of the company – who people love. I mean, talk about getting heat. We also saw in a video that AEW tweeted that MJF had something to do with them attacking Cody. So there's that again, furthering the story between Cody and MJF. But um, sticking with Cody's promo, I just I thought it was just so good. Like Floyd said, he was vulnerable. He kind of mentioned that. So, you know, and I think it's so good to mention that because I know often when I watch wrestling, you know, there's always that logic part part, part of it where you go. Well, okay, why are why isn't anyone helping this person when they're getting attacked? We know they have friends back there and it, it only happens when it's convenient if they run in and help or if they don't. But Cody addressed that and it actually made it make sense. Like, okay, the bucks are wrapped up with dustin and you know, and Santana and Ortiz. My wife's busy cutting hair off of defenseless women on the, you know, women's roster and, you know, no one came out to help me. I mean he addressed it. And to me that's just brilliant because no one addresses that. They just from week to week, sometimes someone will run in and help, sometimes they don't, and no one talks about why. So I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. So moving forward from that, then we get into him talking about the butcher, the bunny, and the blade. He wants to fight them. Um, you know, he could they can pick his partner, this and that. So that was also great, just discussing, you know, what happened last week. Then we get to the big part, MJF, which I was just absolutely... I'm just so ready for this to just go, you know, full force into this feud because I think these two, when they eventually do wrestle, I think it's going to be such an ex- exceptional match. I feel like they will bring the absolute best out of each other. Um, it'll be the best match MJF's ever had. It'll have emotional tie-ins to it, which always makes a match better. Um, as if you saw on MJF's Twitter, he posted the a list of who he will not wrestle. Uh, Again, and it's similar to Cody's list from 2016, and literally the list consists of Cody Rhodes. So MJF is saying, hey, I'm not going to wrestle Cody. So as Floyd said, you know, Cody goes out there, offers his truck, offers his Louboutin red bottoms, offers $50,000, his watch from Tony Khan, what's it going to take, name your price. You know, he just absolutely exposes MJF. It was just done. So well, I think the fans just completely, he had the fans eating out of the palm of his hand uh, to command an audience like that. It's just, it just I don't know, it's crazy to see Cody doing this on this level and, and getting to showcase just how awesome he is on the mic and in the ring. But it's just because people doubted him for so long. Um, I think every time when I hear him come out there and cut these fire promos that, you know, it's like all this 14 years of this this talent and this like, you know, on tap potential that we're finally getting to see and get, you know, showcased, and it's, it's phenomenal. So I just, I thought it was so well done. I, I was, you know, I didn't know if MJF was going to come out. I think it's great that he didn't let's save it and keep this going. Um, it didn't need to all happen in one night. Um, but yeah, I just absolutely loved it. I thought it was brilliant that MJF tweeted the list like Cody's, and, you know, I put on my Twitter, like, the side-by-side comparing the two, and I just thought that was brilliant. Um, he, Cody also referenced Star Wars, which, uh, if I didn't mention that, I would be, uh, you know, how could I not? But uh, just that he doesn't deal in absolutes, and that just made me happy when Cody will tie in that nerd side into a promo without even showing that it's a nerdy reference. But the people who get it love it. So, I don't know, just A+. As always, I thought Cody was phenomenal.
2: The first line of his uh, interview was a Garth Brooks lyric.
1: <laughs> that too. He he always loves to reference Garth too. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah, i like I don't listen to Garth Brooks. Someone had to tell me that, but I was just kind of I just thought that was kind of cool that you know he started off with something. I like I said, I think it was a perfect promo. Going from his first line was talking about his heart being broken and how vulnerable he was to basically yeah. the end where I'm going to kick your ass. I need to fight you, MJF. You yeah. Are oh, and f- that
1: was something. Yeah. I was real quick. I, I kept wanting to mention this, and I and I forgot. And I think I even forgot to mention it on my video yesterday. But I was so glad he mentioned about MJF throwing in the towel at full gear that that was not his decision to make, only Cody's. And I. we've needed that. We've needed that to be said from Cody, and we hadn't got it till last, to uh, Wednesday and I'm so glad it was said and it was perfectly fit in because that's that essentially that ruined Cody's chance of challenging for the AEW title and that's what prompted this entire thing and I'm so glad that he fit it just perfectly how he when he was going into talking about wanting to fight MJF and that he's gonna teach him and educate him and you know hurt him and lacerate him and everything that that was one of the things so he's like that was not your decision to make and we finally got that from Cody. Like that—that that wasn't. We didn't get to feel his anger about that moment at full gear. So that was just. I love that. That was fit in so well and finally stated from Cody on Dynamite.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I feel like we've talked about that Cody promo. I knew that was going to be a big section of our show. Mm-hmm. All right, and it's
1: just... <laughs> I mean, you're dealing with. Floyd and Tiffany, it's just a given. Two huge (laughs) coated fans.
2: I was was like, uh, then we, uh, then Nyla Rose beat Leva Bates. She squashed her pretty quick. I think it was like three moves or something like that. So Nyla kept beating up, (laughs) kept beating up Leva, and Shauna, Shauna came in. Uh, okay. Yeah. Shauna came in to make the save. Uh, she, um, what is Nyla got the advantage over her? She put, mm-hmm. uh, a, she uh, then powerbombed Rick Knox through a table and, uh, you know, put Shauna onto him. Uh, So uh, she went a little crazy.
1: Went a little, you know.
2: <laughs> well, let me just say, she went, she went native beast on them. She didn't go crazy. Exactly, you can't tame the beast. Come <laughs> yes, on, yes, yes. They realized they couldn't tame the beast as Nyla uh native uh, on, on them all, and we find out later in she has been suspended. It was indefinitely. We have since found out she's suspended for the rest of the year. What do you think about this suspension?
1: Um, I well, as a Nyla fan, I'm like, come on, guys, just let the beast go. You can't tame the beast. But I think you know, in story, I think it's you know it. I don't know. I I think it's going to build to something obviously bigger. I think Nyla is, I mean, she's just, she's great. I think that the fans take to her. Um, She has obviously some people who may not like her for reasons. I'm not going to get into that have that are just ridiculous. But as far as, you know, like if you're a wrestling fan and you see Nyla out there, she is a beast. She's awesome. And I, I love watching her. I think it's a good way to establish her as that. Just like absolute force. Like, you know, she put Rick Knox through a table, for heaven's sake. Like, I mean, she's just, you know, she doesn't care. She's going to just beat up whoever gets in her way. So, I mean, thankfully it's just till the end of the year, which is just a few weeks. So let's, you know, we can play up some other things in the women's division in the meantime, and then, you know, Nyla will come back and, and hopefully just absolutely dominate. So I think it's, you know, it's okay. Um, it's not like I said. It's, it's a part of the story. It's gonna, I think it's gonna end up being something bigger for her. So I'm okay with it. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, I just want to see Nylon Dynamite because I love her. So, so yeah. But I mean, I, I'm excited to see what happens when she returns. I'm sure it's a build to something even bigger for her. So, so I'm interested and you know, I'm okay with it because I can't wait to see where the what the payoff is of it. So,
2: I was right there with you, and then our friend on Twitter. Nyla's wife at at, <laughs> at, at at Kel the Celt is, says it's just me or does anyone find it unfair Nyla gets suspended for putting a ref through a table but Kong and Brandy are literally snatching wigs with zero repercussions
1: <laughs> and I was like that's, she makes a very good point I was like that's a solid point <laughs>
2: i guess it's the whole attacking the referee thing but i
1: oh, yeah it, it has to be but come on
2: Randy and not uh, brandy and uh kong her cutting people's hair you know not voluntarily you know for the right beforehand. right exactly no no so that was kind of it was it was a funny tweet because she was right
1: <laughs> i was like yeah That's, yeah right. she was she was so and she also did the attack uh on uh Shauna at the signing so I'm sure it's a build of some of her actions that prompted the suspension, but at the end of the day it is wrestling, so come on. I think it mostly has to do with Rick Knox, but it's still yeah, you have you do have Brady and Kong literally with not even with scissors. They're using a dang knife to- chop off people's hair and they're not they're not getting any any repercussions so yeah that's a very good point that Kel made
2: (laughs) yes uh during the commercial of this uh what we didn't see if you were watching on TNT uh they did a callback where Britt Baker's in the audience and she puts her hands (laughs) over her mouth and X Excalibur uh screams out that's Adam Cole's girlfriend and, you know, so uh, it, it, was, it a, was
1: a funny little jab
2: little,
1: uh, or whatever.
2: Yeah, in <laughs> yeah, NXT because they, they were like, I hope she doesn't get in trouble. And they are like, AEW's like, we're not you.
1: <laughs> we know well, she and that's, <laughs> the whole, that's why it was so great because people actually thought she'd get in trouble, which is just absurd. And so, yeah, that was their way of being like, nope, we're just going to have fun with this. So yeah, I thought it was like, great.
2: Yeah, we know she goes to watch her boyfriend wrestle
1: her boyfriend why wouldn't she yes <laughs>
2: okay I, I like like i said i i was at what, like, two takeovers this year she walked right past me both times it was just like <laughs> it's not a big deal she doesn't like try to get attention she just sits there watches the match and leaves and so i don't know yeah
1: yeah i thought it was funny some it people are making a way bigger deal out of it than it is it was lighthearted. It, hearted it's funny customer. and it was just proving that no why would she be in trouble it's fine
2: and this is they're used to the pettiness of the other company because the other company yes. that person would probably get buried on raw yeah <laughs> absolutely
1: would. just being just being honest
2: they might get dog food rubbed on them. Oh, no, that's what happens to their main stars.
1: <laughs> but let's not talk about
2: that. Nah, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, so Chris Jericho comes out uh, for a promo. He says that he's contractually obligated to wrestle one more time. For all you people out there, he's contractually obligated to wrestle one more time. Not defend the title. Wrestle. That is very important because people got up in arms about what happened in the next part. Oh he, my gosh, uh, I know. Goodness. He reads the list of people not qualified to face him. Uh, now called the Lexicon of the Champion. Also, Excalibur pointed out that he was using the word Lexicon wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. The list name dropped John Moxley several times as well as everyone from Kenny Chesney to Paige. Uh, He also shouted out Alan Jones, which, if you didn't (laughs) know, is AJ Styles. Uh, Kenny Ortega. (laughs) Uh, So Jurassic Express answered the uh, challenge, and Jericho agreed. Uh, He said, you know what? Uh, Dinosaurs and children are on there, too. Uh, uh, Luchasaurus got on the mic and said, Marco, this was funny to me. Marco is young, for his uh, small for his age, and Jericho, he said he was small for any age. I died. <laughs> yeah, I laughed out loud yeah, yes, he's a very tiny person. Uh, so uh, Jericho agreed to face Jungle Boy on December eighteenth because he said he couldn't last ten minutes with Chris Jericho. Jericho called Jungle Boy a piece of shit, and then he got slapped, and then Jericho threw a tantrum. But the big thing is. Jericho is wrestling Jungle Boy. It is not for the world title.
1: <laughs> no, and the setup was not based on anything. You know, Jericho came out, said, "Hey, I'm obligated to wrestle." You know, made his list. You know, not a list, but the lexicon of Le Champion. Um, You know who he's not. You know who he's not going to face in 2019. Like you said, Jurassic Express came out. It, it's saying he couldn't last 10 minutes. It was the perfect way to set up a match that's going to allow Jungle Boy to go out there and do something special against Chris Jericho. There is absolutely nothing wrong with this, and it only benefits Jungle Boy, and I don't understand where the criticism is coming in. It's not like Jungle Boy's getting a title shot by that's, any means. That's um,
2: what it is. It's, it's coming it's, from people that don't pay attention.
1: They're just yeah, talking it, it out of their ass. Is, yeah, Yeah, because otherwise they would realize that it was done well, it was done perfectly. You know, it it is pro-wrestling. It's, you know, AEW has a different approach than other wrestling companies, but it's still pro-wrestling. There's still going to be matches that are built based on segments, and that's okay. I mean, we're not saying Jungle Boy is the number one contender for the AEW world title and that he's getting a title shot on December 18th. No, we're saying he came out to interrupt Jericho during a, a great segment, a funny segment, and it, and it was thrown out that he couldn't last 10 minutes with him, so the match was made. So to me, it just, there's no issue, yeah, and it's, yes. it's, it blows it's my mind that there's, yeah, yeah. that people are yeah. have an issue with this. But yes. it, it was great, and I'm excited for the match.
2: Yeah, uh, the, and I imagine, I'm just guessing, because they don't really just throw stuff out there, it's going to be a 10, lim- ten minute time limit on the 18
1: That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. Like, will Man. he be able to last 10, ten. minutes? Because, yeah. I mean, clearly he's not going to pin Chris Jericho, but I think he'll last 10 minutes and it'll be a great moment for him. Yeah. So, I and, I, and Jungle Boy, I mean, people like Jungle Boy, so that also floors me that this is a, pro- a problem for people. But, it, like you said, there's always going to be those people that it, just hate to hate. So,
2: the people <laughs> find I, a problem
1: with everything.
2: I'm going to say it's generally people that don't watch the show.
1: Well yeah, that's the truth. They yeah. see the they see the results I and mean, they read the results online and then form an opinion yeah. without actually watching it. And they play
2: a clip from Twitter that doesn't show any you don't get any type of context and then you just respond and then you're like, Oh, there's this whole minute before and this minute after that actually explains what happens? Oh, Okay, now oh, I f- imagine that. Yeah, now I Conveniently feel stupid. Left that out. <laughs> now I feel stupid. I'm going to delete my tweet and not say anything about it now.
1: <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I also want to mention that when they came out, um, I thought it was cool because I know I personally, my first thought was, wow, how cool would it be to see Luchasaurus versus Jericho? And I'm sure we're going to get that match down the road, and I'm excited for it. But I think that was my, my first thought, which I thought was would have been really cool. But I'm glad it's being saved because it's definitely a much bigger match for down the road. Um, but yeah, I just, I, it was just something that popped into my mind when they came out. So that was pretty cool to think about something down the road to see those two go at it. Cause I think Luchasaurus has such a huge future in AEW.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree with that. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Then we Real got- quick
1: before we move on, I just want to mention how, uh, J- uh Hager's, uh, Pants matching his shirt. What a what a bold choice for for dynamite uh, in, in his outfit. I was amused by that. I was like, he has literally like these burgundy pants that match his shirt, and that just amused me to no end. <laughs> but you know what? You got to own it. So I just I had to mention that because that really amused me. But anyway, go ahead.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, we then get Chris Statlander versus Akira Shida. I thought this was if not for the six man tag, I. It's like a 1A and 1B situation. I thought this was like the best match of the night. Uh, Chris, uh, they went back and forth. Uh, Kirishida is the number one contender for the women's title. Statlander basically knew. I think she's 1-0 and in women's matches, and they had a great match. Uh, Chris Statlander uh, pinned her with the Big Bang Theory or the Big Bang uh, <laughs> and which was kind of cool. She did this thing where she cartwheeled all around Sheeta, and Sheeta looked confused, and then she bopped her on the nose. And someone said <laughs> this was worse than the finger poke of death. I'm like, well, it was. It was just a fun spot, and she bopped her on the well, nose. Yeah. She didn't win. Sheeta didn't yeah, even go wasn't... down. Actually, Sheeta like f- freaking punched her in the face right after. <laughs> yeah,
1: it wasn't. It wasn't like it was done in this in a way to like. To to sell it or anything, so I don't know what the issue was, but yeah, yeah. I thought it was a great match too. I'm with you. I I think the minute it was announced, everyone was so excited for it, and definitely lived up to uh, the hype and and everyone's excitement. Those yeah. two killed it.
2: Chris Statlander, uh, from what uh, we found out from Jonathan Snowden or whatever uh, his account, mm-hmm. that Brandy told him that she is signed, so she is officially on the roster. Uh, I, I, it's, it was like, I don't like, for me, I don't consider anyone on roster until they get, this person is all elite from the all elite Twitter page. So <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to hit up the Twitter page. They're going to have to get on their job there. So no. Yeah, she, I
1: know. I thought the same thing, but she is also, um, ranked this week. So that makes me feel confident that she is genuinely signed.
2: Yeah, she is. That's a huge signing. Apparently a lot of companies wanted her uh the, i i definitely believe with the addition of big swole her and Shauna, already good as far as talent division has just gotten better and i don't i think we got a, another new person uh that came in in just uh a, a moment and it was just like okay you you're starting to see the women's division get built even more and yes. people are taking different roles in the division so, in this case, after the match, Brandy and Kong came out and they looked like they were about to chop off some Harishita. And uh, Statlander got between them, you know, and Brandy's cutting her promo. And you all probably, re- I've only seen this promo like twice, so I don't remember everything she said. I didn't yeah. even know she named her group, the, uh, the group is going to be called the Nightmare Collective. Is an extension of the Nightmare family that handles the business that other people want. And she was like she didn't have any problem with Chris Statlander, but she was impressed. Offered her a spot in the Nightmare Collective. And looked like Statlander turned her down. Uh and then uh there was a person on the outside and she was very excited. Uh, to join, she said, "Pick me, pick me, pick me." They let her in the ring. Uh, uh, Kong cut her hair, and she joined the Nightmare Collective. Apparently, she is a wrestler named Maria, and I forgot her last name.
1: I can't remember it off the top of my head either. Is it? Uh, I think people were saying it's cheerleader Melissa. Is that what she was known as? Fire, um, I believe, and I think that's what I heard people saying. But I, I could be wrong on that. So please don't take that for for word if i'm wrong but i cannot remember her last name either um i don't have it you have me can you look it up real quick or melanie
2: cruz that is her there name. we go yeah there we go let me tell you i wrote it down for the notes for this show but i forgot where I, it was like crumbled up <laughs> in my notes and i forgot where i put it uh so yeah melanie cruz she has joined the nightmare collective and it's one of those things and i and you know this is old school wrestling where you don't pretend where you pretend like you don't know who a person is it's like yeah i it's like i remember when santino well that was like the last time i remember santino beat omaga on like his first night they pulled somebody from outside the ring yes. and it's it's just like i love it because it's old school it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like even when I first went in hair staff and I was like, oh, that's cool. Because, you know, you're never just going to let a person just come get their hair chopped off, you know. <laughs> I, I pl- but I plan- sometimes
1: you just have to let go of that, you know, and just enjoy it. And yeah. and let, let it unfold before your eyes instead of overly critiquing it. So I completely agree. Yes. Very old school and it was kind of a cool moment. I thought it was a cool moment.
2: Yeah, uh, definitely. We're we're Team Nightmare Collective, of course. Uh, Tiffany already ordered her shirt. I'm gonna order mine. <laughs> Did I? I'm gonna order mine soon. Uh, Crystal loves gotta, it. We're
1: gonna have to be twins and rock that shirt at a show together too. That's that's a given. I know it's always a Cody shirt, but we got to do it for Brandy because that shirt's badass. I'm so excited for the Nightmare Collective. I I think that Brandy came out there and. She doesn't get mic time like that in front of a live crowd uh, very often, and we saw her over the summer um, leading up to the match with Sean Spears when she did that insanely amazing promo on the road, too, and it just shows that she has that ability in front of a live crowd where she doesn't get a second take, so I was so proud of her for that, and I just love that it's something that it's It's, it's not. Cody being accompanied by Brandy, this this and this. She's worth so much more than that. And I'm really, really excited to see her getting this um, you know, spot on the show. And then also, clearly this is gonna be something where we where she gets new members and it's gonna build the women's you know, the, one of the complaints about people who complain about AAW often mentioned the women's division. And like I said before, you have to be patient. It's a slow build because we have a ton of talent, but they're not established talent. And it, get, it takes time to build those people because you can't just put matches on dynamite when you're hoping to get ratings for people that people haven't heard of just because you've heard of them being, you know, a hardcore internet fan where you know all the backstories of every wrestler out there. So it's very important to try to remember that, you know, it's it's a marathon, not a sprint, and it takes time. So you're going to put out your names, like I said, like the Bucks, like Cody, like Kenny, to bring your viewers in, and then you sprinkle in those new people People fall in love with them. Like Chris Statlander is a perfect example. Like some people just took to her immediately and and now she's signed and then we and now we have the Nightmare Collective and that's going to be a faction and I love factions because it immediately gives someone a purpose and it, and it elevates them from just being a singles competitor that comes out and you're like, who's this? Oh, wait, this person's in the Nightmare Collective. It automatically gives them a meaning and a purpose beyond just coming out and being a good wrestler you know they're they're aligned with somebody. So it gives them a, a story without even having to do much work. And you see who's going to join this faction, who's going to defect. And and, a, and anyone who joins is automatically, again, has a, a immediate elevation for being not just some wrestler who's out there, whether you've heard of them or not. They're in a faction. So it, it just puts another, to me, just more to their story. So I'm just, I, I can't wait to see this unfold. And I think we'll get more from Brandy in terms like, Floyd said, you know, this is an a extension of the Nightmare family. You know, we do the business that the others don't want to do. I can't wait to find out more of that and see who else joins. And I just, I think it's a great thing. And again, I'm just so happy that Brandy gets to do something that's not just an extension of accompanying Cody to the ring. So I'm, I'm really, really excited for this.
2: Yeah. And you think, you got to think, this is the first all, notice, first all female faction in AEW.
1: Yeah, that's
2: huge. That is huge. That is huge. So, and it's not something they drive home or you know put on their site and all that stuff. It's just it just is, you know, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm, uh,
1: definitely.
2: Yeah. So we got we get announced the butcher and the blade versus Cody Rhodes and the partner they picked for him. QT Marshall is made for next week as young as Young Bucks and Private Party in a street fight. Then a we get Texas street fight. Texas street fight. <laughs> And because they'll be in Texas, and I will be live in the building. Um, then we get Pentagon against Christopher Daniels. Um, there were uh, – this match actually was kind of slow. And if I would say – if there was a low point of the show, I would say was this match. Not saying I have any problem. I am actually a huge Pentagon fan. I'm actually a huge Christopher Daniel fan. They don't look like like you know wrestling's a dance, and they look like they weren't on the same page today.
1: Yeah, it, it, I don't know. It, it's. I'm with you on that. Um, I didn't. I thought I liked the match. It was. It was fine, but it was. If I had to choose a low point, I thought the the whole show in general was just so good that it, it's hard to say there was a low point. But if if we had to say one, I would say it was that match. I don't feel like. Christopher Daniels, um, he's so good, and I felt like he was just off um, on Wednesday. Maybe, maybe he was just not—you know—who knows if there's something going on. Um, But it didn't seem like you were getting like true, like Christopher Daniels in the match. But I mean, they still did a great match, or you know, but it just wasn't—it definitely wasn't like the highlight of the show.
2: Yeah, and that's what I'm like. It was there was something off about the energy of the match. It was supposed to be this big. I wouldn't even say end of the feud, but the continuation of a feud from them attacking them. And it was just supposed to, I felt like it should have been more physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it was just like telling that story and it just felt like it was just a match. And then, you know, he missed the, uh, the springboard moonsault on the outside. Apparently the rope, yeah. that wasn't on him. Apparently the ropes were like slip slick. Cause a oh, few, that makes other, sense. few other people were having problems with the ropes and he, you know, He's done that move a thousand times. I've never seen I was going to say, I didn't
1: think it was on him because he's flawless for the most part. So yeah,
2: yeah, I don't think it like, so I'm not taking on Daniels. Like I said, sometimes chemistry is just off. And I would, it, me personally, I would probably have this match again next week.
1: Yeah, I would like to see them given another chance because I really think it, that match has such potential. It just didn't work the way it could have this past Wednesday, but I'm with you. I'd love to see it again.
2: Yeah, just just run the match back. Like, hey, let's try it again. Because I don't, you know, Christopher Daniels is, you know, one of the, you know, he's a great wrestler. So I just don't think that had any. It wasn't really him. It was just, you know. Yeah,
1: something fell right. off for sure. So
2: Then we get a vignette, Aaron, explaining the Butcher, the Blade, and the Bunny. And, of course, they were paid by MJF. They showed that. You would have to go to the Twitter to see MJF's response to Cody. But, uh, you know, in this case, the Butcher, Blade, and Bunny said, you know, they're basically tired of seeing Cody's face. And they're going to cut off the head of the snake, which Cody, in their terms, is the head of the snake because he's the biggest star. He is the head face of AEW right now. All right, and then we get to the main event: John and Moxley versus Joey Janela. Early in the night, we had an interview where Joey Janela said, "Basically, John Moxley, tonight you're really gonna have to kill me." John Moxley comes up to him, looks at him, <laughs> and said, "Kids," and it was just kind of funny. <laughs> completely, it, dis- was. it was completely dismissive of John Joey Janela. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, they had a they had a solid match. Uh, John Moxley wins with the paradigm shift. But the big news from the match is Chris Jericho comes down the uh, the aisle up top with uh, the inner circle, uh, a la how Moxley comes into the ring, and he just stares down Moxley as the show ends, which I thought was a perfect ending because they're kind of telling you this is going to be the major storyline going forward. They're both going to get smaller storylines, But this is going to be a major storyline going forward. So I had a thought about this, and you can tell me what you think. You know, Moxley's kind of been running through the young members of the roster, right? Yeah. What if, and maybe not straight five people, five on five, what if he takes Joey Janela and kind of Darby Allin under his wing to have his back against the inner circle?
1: I think that would be excellent. I will, And, again, you know me, I'm huge on factions. I just think it really adds so much to the show, and I think that would be a really good, to me, yeah, that, I feel like I 100% both of them answered the challenge and, it, and it held their own, and they're both very similar in their styles and their, like, you know, way of how they are. So, yeah, I think that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, and, you know, they will get more TV time because they're on with Moxley. And then you'll have that little moment when he's coming down to the ring through the audience, and he'll have three people. So yep. kind of throwback to I,
1: a, I love that idea. I think that would be great. I hope that that's something that happens. And obviously them two are the perfect ones to do it because they both have wrestled him. And, and yeah, I just I, that, that it's a great pairing. It would make sense.
2: Yes. And so this was another saw a really good episode of aew i had do have to mention uh uh, the the recap i had didn't have this in there there was another dark order vignette where he where he actually goes out into the woods and joins the dark order and they ask why do you want to will you forsake your family and friends for the dark order he said yes and he's like, why do you want to join the Dark Order? And he says, I just want friends. And then the <laughs> Creepers attacked him and beat him up. And it looks like this okay, this character's uh, uh, journey into the Dark Order is now started. He's in the Dark Order. Maybe he'll come out as a Creeper on a match or something like that. I just think from the day the Dark Order debuted to now, they made they just made it work you know what i mean like yeah yeah definitely. it it was getting like really shit on when it debuted and now you got com. you got the dark order t-shirts you know everybody's hashtagging join the dark order i've seen twice this week where the show wasn't even on and it randomly was trending
1: <laughs> so like funny. just somebody
2: just said join the started join the dark order in the middle of the day. So it's just I think it's pretty cool. I actually dig. I've always wanted it was like Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. I know how good of wrestlers they are. They killed some with some matches with the Young Bucks. And then I met them and they were so nice. They I guess they were trying to get me to join the dark order.
1: They probably were. They were yeah. Trying to get yeah. me to join
2: the dark order. I don't know. You know, they, you know, we are one, you know, if you're in the dark order, but I, I just, I just think this is one of those storylines that, you know, um, they're one of those storylines that basically everyone said wasn't going to work. And now, you know, now the collective group running AEW are kind of like, we told you. Just give us Yeah, I, I
1: completely agree. <laughs> yeah, me. I like, I, I love the promos. I don't think that the guy in the promo is going to have anything to do with the show. I think it's just showing how they recruit people. Uh, my thought is that Hangman might join them. I think he's lost. He left the elite. He was trying on being the elite to make friends. So I think that's where Hangman is going to come back into the show, maybe as. A new member of the Dark Order, and you know, give them, give him something because I feel like he's kind of lost right now. And and what do they do? They prey on people who are lost. So I think that the uh, vignettes have been a way to establish who they are, and that it's a, this cult-like thing, and people are into it. They're like you said, they're using the hashtags. Um, I don't, like I said, I don't think the dude that's been in the promos is going to have anything to do with like being on the show. I think that's just a way to establish what they're doing, Um, but I can, I, for some reason, just have the feeling that Hangman is going to be someone who joins the dark order. I don't know. Um, I think it's just because, you know, he did leave the elite and, and uh, you know, he kind of, where has he been? He tweeted, he wasn't at, he wasn't at Dynamite. He was home drinking whiskey uh, this past week. He, he's not even there. So he seems a bit lost right now. And I think that maybe the dark order will find him. So I'm very interested to see where this goes and like you said, this is one of those things where I was entertained by their matches. They're so good, but I just needed something and this is it. And they did it. And like you said, they kinda probably had something brewing all along, but it just, you know, the right time to introduce it and they and here they are. So people are all about it. I mean you've got I believe you have join dark order in your display name on Twitter. So maybe it worked when you met him. You, you might be joining dark order fluid. I don't know, but, but yeah, I'm I'm all for it. And I, I am really excited to see where this goes.
2: Yes, I am. uh, Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely looking. I think it serves as a lesson with all things, especially with AEW. I feel like they've earned a little trust in their storylines. So if something happens and you don't get it at first, I'm not saying, Oh, be a cheerleader like me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying wait a minute before
1: commenting. Yes, patience. I've said this so many <laughs> times recently because it's so true. <laughs> patience, guys. It can't all happen at once and let's let like Floyd mentioned earlier, this was literally the tense dynamite. We have this is still a new company. Things are still being established and stories are being told are being made you know we have to we have to be patient I mean it, it's not you know we're, we're building this is not something that has been around for 10 years we've had 10 episodes and they've been great and I mean the very very the uh, pluses I mean have been just so much far outweigh the small little bits of here and there where I'm like you know where like we said the previous week in Chicago I personally was not starting off with a match set a weird tone for me, but in general, I mean, it's been nothing but home runs. And like Floyd said, maybe these little things like the Dark Order and, you know, just examples like that are kind of where if you have a moment where you're like, oh, okay, again, just patience, let it build, and, and just let yourself just enjoy it rather than trying to think ahead or, or overanalyze or overthink it. Just enjoy it.
2: Yeah, yeah, just just wait a minute. Let it develop. Because guess what? It generally pays off, and like I know yeah. you, when you deal with other places, it might not. But in AEW, it's been paying off pretty well. So that was a dynamite this week. Uh, we only got two matches so far for next week, but uh, I am looking forward to Cody versus the Butcher, Cody and QT versus Butcher and the Blade, and of course the Young Bucks and uh, Young Bucks and Private Party are. Go- I mean Young Bucks and. Proud and Powerful are going to tear down the building uh, so with the street fight. I think those are going to be great. You looking forward to those matches?
1: Very much. Do you think that we're going to have the uh, – do you think that will be the main event, or do you think they'll have the Bucks kick off? What do you think, what do you think they'll – or do you think we'll have another match that we haven't even uh, heard about yet kick off the show?
2: I think we're kicking off with Cody.
1: You think we're kicking off with Cody, okay. Yeah, I think I could see that. I could see that.
2: Yeah, I think Cody and QT versus the Butcher, the Blade and the Bunny, I think that starts off the show. I think the street fight is right now is the main event. We might get something else, yeah. but I think that's the main event.
1: Yeah, I think that you're right. I do think that will probably be the main event. It's just it's whenever the Bucks kick off, Dynamite is like it's such a win. But again, it's Cody and the very first Dynamite absolute win having him kick it off and you know it's also that factor Will we see mjs come out i mean i know everyone is super into that feud so it, it, that would be a great way to kick it off but I'm, I'm excited for both of those matches i'm excited to see what else gets announced uh, leading up to next wednesday and then um yeah i mean it's just it's just such a it's just full of excitement right now I, this last week Dynamite just left me feeling so excited and just ready for, I mean, it, it always does, but this one was just, to me, one of the best ones they've done. It was just perfectly a uh, mix of story development. You had two segments, Jericho and Cody, that were talk segments, but they were so well done and sprinkled into the action. Nothing was nothing took away from anything else. Absolutely A-plus stellar show.
2: Yes, absolutely uh yeah, I look I'm looking for like I said, looking forward. Last week was great. Makes me look forward to this week. In Dallas, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a fun show. Uh then Well so the gets
1: to be there in person, then, so that's awesome.
2: Then the next I week, will
1: miss being by your side, buddy. <laughs> yes,
2: I will miss having you there. Uh the next week will be in Corpus Christi. so We're gonna have timed out. If you live in these areas, make sure you're getting those tickets. Uh, You know, AEW in AEW in building experience is amazing. Uh, And uh, before next week, make sure you are going to YouTube Heart of the Elite with Tiffany, and make sure you're listening to her show. This week's about twenty minutes. There's nothing. I, I put it on Twitter. There's nothing better you can do with 20 minutes of your time than listen to Tiffany. It is just like rainbows and unicorns coming out (laughs) of a video. It's the greatest thing ever, so just make sure you uh, go check her out on Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. I will this week, I will be doing on Wednesday mornings, I will be doing a little 10-minute video just previewing uh, as an extension of this show, previewing what's going to happen on dynamite the reason being is we when we do the show on saturday we never know what's going to (laughs) be on the next week's show yeah exactly that's the truth (laughs) we might have two matches so we're just uh just going to do a little 10 minute video on the social suplex youtube page as to promote the social suplex youtube page and you know see if you enjoy it go there uh usually i end the show telling you to be elite and stuff but uh actually Today, as I said at the beginning, of the show we are going to have a special interview. As Rich Latta from One Nation Radio will be joining, be uh, joining me to interview Tz Scott, A.K.A. Mont Tz. He is at Tz Scott on all social media. But we're going to be talking to Montezzi about how he got into doing wrestling themes, his wrestling fandom, his music fandom. Him and Rich, of course, being Rich, a lot of voice well, being the music guy, so Suplex has a lot of good music questions. So Tiffany, thank you. It, it feels like forever since we've done this. I always, my spirits, my uh, my soul is just up on a higher note every time we talk about wrestling.
1: I know. I agree. And I'm so glad to be back. I want to wish Amy well and send love to her daughter. And I'm so excited to be back more uh, every other week on the show, back on our normal schedule. Um, and I, yeah, I'm just, I'm so glad to be back. Thank you, Floyd, for, uh, for everything. And it's just, it's so good to be back. I've missed being on here with you.
2: All right. So the next thing you'll hear is you'll hear a clip from Cody, the song by, it's uh, a song by uh Mind easy. Uh, we're going to hear the clip from the, the song, and then you'll hear the interview with me, Rich, and Mon-Easy. Y'all, hopefully you will enjoy it, and let me know, and we'll do it more. Since I was younger, I was taught by my father. These hard
3: times come, better get it in order. i have done with the king, fell in love with the queen. I became a president of something, follow my dream. And now they say, like
2: On the phone with us today. We got uh, Antoine Montezzy Moore. Do I just call you Teazy? What do I call yeah, you? Yeah, Teazy's fine. All right, and with the joining me for the interview from One Nation Radio, uh, we got Mister Rich Latta. How you doing, Rich?
0: Hey, what's good, folks? All
2: right, yeah, Rich, uh, One Nation Radio, catching on social suplex every Sunday, right? That's yes, it. sir. Yes. Uh, so. So, Teasy, uh, thank you for being on the show. Uh, To let everyone know how this happened, uh, Cody retweeted your song called Cody, and uh, I played it, and I was like, okay, I want him on the show. I didn't know anything else about you from that one song. I was like, I bought it on Amazon. I was like, "I I just want him on the show. So, you know, I hit you up pretty quickly, like, okay. I need to talk to you on the air. Uh, yeah, uh, sh- uh, that song was amazing. Then I found out you did so much other stuff. So I will start off with the question you probably get the most. Is when did you start in music? When did you start rapping? When did you start this musical journey of yours?
3: Absolutely, man. Uh, great question. I I started my, my musical journey uh, 31 years old. I started it when I was 16. Um, I was... Fifteen, fifteen. I was about a sophomore in high school, and uh, I started, uh, I've always been, you know, inspired by music, I grew up in a household full of music, um, not around any famous musicians or anything, it was a skill I had to build, but um, my grandmother and my family, they always used to play great music around the house, and it was just something that I picked up, and uh, becoming a student of it, so when I started uh, rapping, I started just, you know, uh, doing what like the, the, the great m M&M m did just started reading the dictionary just trying to increase my vocabulary you know build my freestyle skills up and stuff like that and just uh you know start start working on um starting working on uh start working on my craft um i didn't start recording professionally till i was like 21 22 in a professional studio with like studio quality music and uh that's why i really started to perfect my skill and you know, perform at local bars and stuff like that, get get my uh, get my name up. But then I started doing wrestling music. Uh, in February, it'll be six years. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing wrestling music for six years, and uh, it was, it's it's been a long journey. Um, it's been a long, long, long journey. But uh, it's definitely um, a great, uh, definitely a great, a great thing. That um, you know, I've, I've gotten myself and finding my lane doing this. So. It's been it's been a long time, but I'm definitely definitely happy to still be here and to release a song like Cody, which is very random. Um, I'm very very glad that the fans have, uh has taken to it. Now, TV, like, where where are you from?
0: Like, because like I like you know uh, I, I'm in the Florida area. I know Floyd's in Oklahoma. Uh, I'm in the Tampa Bay area. Are you like? Cause I I, don't, I can't really put it together because I've seen an area code and I'm like, that's my area code. Yeah, I actually, uh, I live in Saint Pete, man. Oh, okay, um, cool, man. That, that's, what's, that's what's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. right, I'm right off the road. Absolutely,
3: and, uh, man. Definitely, man. Name. We uh, we got talk after the show, man. We got to talk the after show, the show,
0: man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, so I, um, I, I yeah, I had a question too. Like, um, uh, like you say you've been doing it for for six years. Like, um, uh, like do you approach like your your wrestling theme music any differently, or do you try to like pull more, like the wrestling feel into more of what you do?
3: So it's been like a formula. Uh if a lot of people don't know um the the resume and what I've done. Um I did uh I did Moose's theme music. Not not the Moose Moose song, not that one, but when he turned uh when he turned heels not too long ago I did that music. I did the music when um him, Austin Aries and Killer Cross were a stable. I did that music. I did um oh man, you name it. I've done I've done music for uh, almost everybody in independence. And uh, Shane Strickland to, I mean, um, you name it. I've done a lot of their people's music that, uh, that um, you know, on, on my resume. The thing is, though, to answer your question directly, man, is uh, every time I look at it, I try to, like, like I'll use Cody for the exact example, but that's how you guys heard of me. Hmm. I try to write things in storytelling fashion, and, and I, try to, I try to write it. And it being a hit record, but not—it doesn't sound like wrestling. I try to make it not. I try to make it as any anyone can listen to it, you know. So right. if you notice, I don't. Tr- I don't try to make it as like you know, very genrey, where it could time out. Where you know, I could like because when I do a theme song for someone that wants a theme song from me, I'll mention their signature moves and stuff like that. But a song like that that I'm putting out to the masses, I try to make it timeless so that. There's nothing that I can nothing that I write that'll get outdated, or something like it, like when I wrote the Cody song, I was very careful of what I said so that it didn't. You could listen to it ten years from now and it's still like the same effect. And there's nothing like oh well, he doesn't do that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like I just wrote about his dad, his brother, him being becoming a president of the company, him wanting, him feeling held back. And I feel like we've all kind of held, felt held back. And I believe that is the that is the of that record. So every time I write a record like that. It's always based on, on a particular person and what they want before something that I put out myself. I always try to write it in, in a notion that anybody can listen to it and it doesn't sound like a wrestling record, even though it, it, it is a wrestling song.
0: No doubt, man. Yeah, like I, I, I'm deep into uh, like the wrestle rap, uh, you know, kind one of bubble. And one of the things I like about the stuff that you've done is it's more kind of like autobiographical I would say to the wrestler, it's not like there's a throwaway line on the song and then, you know, it's like a completely different title with the song being a wrestler. I feel like people are like kind of trying to traffic in like the aesthetic, but I feel like your aesthetic is very authentic.
3: Thank you. Thank you. It it is. um, You know, I I came up with my own formula uh, six years ago. I dropped a, um, a song called Roman Reigns that I just randomly just dropped. And that was the very start of my career doing this. Um, you know, I've uh, you know, people have come before me, people will come after me, but I've just tried to, and I've I've kind of been like kind of the under under the radar person. Even you know, on my, my resume, I've made music for every single promotion except WWE. My music is played for every promotion outside of, except for them. But um, the thing about it is that you know, it's it. I feel like it is becoming a niche thing. I feel like some people, like you said, I do believe that some people just do it because it's kind of like they just try to, they'll, they'll, they'll name a song called like SummerSlam 87, but it has nothing to do with right. SummerSlam 1987, <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, it, it it can become kind of jaded because the, a wrestling fan, one thing about it, man, I'm in wrestling and I'm in, I'm in music, and it's the two most opinionated forms of, of genres from grown men that you'll ever find. Like I was, I was talking to my man Isaiah Scott, uh, Swerve Scott. We do a podcast together called Swerve City Podcast, and um, we was talking on live on air, and and Swerve was like, and, and was like, man, he's like, how do you how do you survive because you're in, you're in such a, uh, a male dominated genre? I was like, well, you know, being involved in you know music and wrestling, I don't think you're gonna find more strong opinions from grown men than in or sports. Sports wrestling and and music, a grown man is gonna think his opinion within like the first five seconds of when you ask him and he's gonna be honest. Right. So that's how I that's how I feel about you know, that's how I feel about this. I feel like a lot of it is a lot I feel like a lot of people are just trying to jump on it, but they don't really have the passion for it. They might be wrestling fans, but you know, us wrestling fans we'll get rid of somebody in a minute if we don't think that they're authentic. And Lord knows where you've seen people come and go, you know. Right, right.
2: Yeah, I went down the YouTube rabbit hole of your songs and it was like the first thing I noticed, it was the reason I was, like, really brought me to it is because it was about the wrestler. Uh, you know how much music, I'll see a name on it or someone's name on it, and they'll they'll name it after a wrestler. And I'm like, I have no idea. This is not about that wrestler. And your stuff is just about the person that you're uh, rapping about. Uh, what I was going to get to on this is in AEW, which is, you know, the shirts, this shows all elite. Um. You've, you know, you did that Cody song, so you told me that Sammy G, that's your song, right? His theme song is yours?
3: Yes, I made that theme song, and I also, uh, uh, breaking news for people that don't know, uh, Big Swole, when she, uh, when she debuts, me and her did the song together, so that's two songs.
2: Oh, that is
0: Oh, No awesome. doubt, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually DM Sammy Guevara personally, like the, the night after, uh, the debut on TNT my jaw dropped when I heard his music and uh, I, I I love like the bass, like the uh, like the whole beat and the, the way you like flowed on it. Like I DM him just to ask for the artist and he pointed me uh, in your direction. So uh, that's kind of how, uh, you know, I, I got it like, uh, you know, uh, on to you.
2: Yeah, that song. We Thank got, you, man. Yeah, I was at the first night of Dynamite and that song came on. And of course you could hear it clear when you're there and I was just like, Man, because he was one of the he was the first person out, you know, right after Cody, and I was like, man, this is a big time song. I was like, you know, almost like the song was bigger than he was at the point, and it made him seem bigger. So I thought that your music almost accentuated and added to his character. So just just something I thought when I first heard it. It was like something I said right next to the guy that was next to me. I was like, man, okay. This song makes him seem more big time, which, you know, Sammy G's a great wrestler, but it, I, I did think that about your music. Um, is there anyone that, you know, That of course, that you haven't done? Like, who is your number one? Who would you love to have a theme song and it be their theme song that they play all the time? Like, WWE anywhere, who would it be?
3: You know, I've been around this long you know, and you, and, and the resume builds up. Well, first, you know, first, the first things first before I answer that, thank you guys for compliments on the Sammy record. That means so much to me. Um, and for, and being part of the, um, the inaugural first match and have my song played, man, I was in, I was in tears that night. I, I mean, it, it meant so much to me. Um, but if I could answer that question directly, I'm kind of in a different situation because I've like done every, I've done every company outside of WWE. So I would have to say if me and Swerve could get in the studio because he's, he's about to be debuting some new music soon and it's just a beat. If me and him could go in there together um, and and, and do his new theme song and he's about to do and add something to that, then that would be, that would be the end of my bucket list, honestly, as far as who I want to make music for. Because um, I've, I've like, you know, I ended up a lot of my favorite wrestlers, I ended up doing something for them, or you know, or executive producers behind the scenes. are doing something for them, so I would have to say that would be on my bucket list. That was that last, because then that would be the last company that I could say that I did something for, or my voice was featured on, and then I'd be good.
2: Oh, okay, that's. It.
0: No, no, I know you're like. You, you, like you're like kind of tied into like the inside like the inner hip-hop community within wrestling like of the <laughs> actual wrestlers right now like, like, assume, right. like different pictures you put up and different stuff like that now what's the what's the hip-hop community inside of wrestling kind of like uh, and you know I I've seen you done a song with Kenny King before or there's some people that rap that we wouldn't expect or
3: you know anything like that Great question, man. I don't get asked this often, and honestly, I think I would. With how many, with like how I'm in, but I'm not. Like I'm in a weird position in wrestling. It's very, 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 very um, weird. My position, and um, there's a lot of things I don't get involved in because you get caught in that rabbit hole, and you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, but um, uh, it's a. Um, I always, feel like wrestlers have different talents that they don't get to display. Right. No disrespect to, to WWE, but I feel like they don't accent. They push a lot of wrestlers to accentuate their talents, but I also feel like a lot of the wrestlers are kind of scared to because they kind of feel like they don't get. They might not get the support. Nowadays, you do see a lot of wrestlers branching out now and doing different things. Um, me and Swerve are dropping an album together. We uh, we're like eighty percent done with our album, and we're dropping our album WrestleMania Weekend. So uh, place. <laughs> it's called from, from uh, yeah from humble beginnings. Me and Swerve are dropping our uh, our album, but uh, for for things like All Elite, like the thing I like about All Elite wrestling and um, stage particularly the the podcast, the podcast name and the topic is that it's a sense of freedom, and that's why I watch it. It's a sense of it's a, it's not only a breath of fresh air, but it seems like a a, a, a breath of, a thing of freedom and and being involved in it and seeing it. I like that because it gives people a chance to open up and have their talents open, and you'd be surprised how many people can rap. I didn't know I knew Kenny King could rap. I didn't know he could rap like that. So when he sent me this, he sent me his verse, I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So um, you know, we did that, and and uh, I got swerved in the studio, and there's other people that can that can you know do things, do little things. Uh, Leo, obviously, Leo. Uh, Real right. Rush and a lot of guys who are now starting to do music, and uh, we actually are going to get in the studio with Leo in a couple weeks. But being able to 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 do things like that and see the growth of of, of people um, in this industry is still not a tapped-in industry. If you have me, who's been around six years, you have a Mecharan, you have a Josiah Williams, you have a crew crew of people who has you know it, it hasn't really been tapped in that you know so this market is still pretty fresh and a lot of people it's now just starting to get its its eyes on it with people like us so it's still right. a very very like novice thing to touch on like it's crazy like there's not more
0: uh rap themes in wrestling I would say you know a lot of that comes down to demographics and, and all that but if you look at like the music of the youth and you know what really moves the culture like you know just anywhere like in streaming rap's the most popular genre like like, throwing some 808s on the songs in the arenas w- would fill them up just fine, don't you think?
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> that, absolutely. absolutely. That's, that's how I feel. I feel like, you know, I feel like, I, I, I sit back and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, and I'm like, well, you know, this, this could work, this could work, this could work. No, nah, that's not going to work. But you could always do, a, like, a hip-hop song, and if you do it right, there has to be a certain way to do it because it has to go to all demographics. Right. You know, I believe if you, if, if you could find that niche way to, to write it and to pick the right music, that it blends to everyone, and everybody can put it on, you know, from the, from, the, from the demographic of maybe a Caucasian grandmother to a young African-American kid, and they both have the same feeling when they hear it, then, you know, it's good. But I feel like theme songs now, um, no disrespect to anybody, but I feel like a lot of them sound the same. Mm-hmm. Um. You know uh it's a lot of just hard harder riff guitar, you know a sound yep. effect, and it just and it just loops like it loops it loops and loops um not saying hip hop doesn't have its it's it's flaws either I try to make every song different, but it just now everything sounds generic, it just sounds like I always call these wrestling themes now it sounds like it sounds like menu music for a video game like it it sounds like it it sounds like the menu music for a video game like if you just playing one of these video games, and it's just like an instrumental, that's what it sounds like. It doesn't have a, it doesn't have that feeling to it anymore. Like, back in the days when Jim Johnson and the Jimmy Hart would do it, it would, it would have this feeling. And even if they did rap, it would like, yo, know, you'd be like, yo, Jim Johnson produced this, what does he know about DX or, Right.
2: <laughs> you know, right or You know
3: what I'm saying? But it was fire. And he had so many great talents. Now, you get a rap song now, and it's just like, eh, it sounds very poppy. And it doesn't have that, that bang, that, 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 that And that's, that's the one thing I've
0: noticed about yours. Like it it, it hits you from the bottom and you know, that's, 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 yeah. (laughs) We on the same page. (laughs) Thank
3: you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No doubt.
2: So, uh, I did have who, and and I'm not trying to get you to call anyone out, but you thinking main roster or whatever. Who do you think is in desperate need of new
3: music? Oh, man, sir, I'll keep that 1,000, man. <laughs> you know, this is politics can't get to me, brother. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, let's see, where does this list begin? Um, thank God Dean Ambrose left WWE with AEW, because that music he had in WWE was terrible. <laughs> 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 that music was a horrible, that, whole, that car revving and stuff. I was like, oh my God. Um, I never liked Seth Rollins' music. Never did. Um, <laughs> 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 I was like, yo, there it is. There goes that menu music. WCW vs. the World 1995 music. Yes. <laughs> um. On uh, PlayStation 1. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, surprisingly, Ricochet's music is not bad. It's very poppy, but eh, it, gets, it gets kind of annoying. Um, who else? Who else needs something? Who else is like a, a solid name, though, and they need something that just... Well, you, know, you know what you don't want? What? You, I, 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 don't mean, I don't mean to say it like this, but it's kind of like a... I use like a like a Eric Rowan, for example. Like, and I'm not saying he's, like, a big star or anything, but you notice, like, when he comes out, it maybe it's just because of him or the music, but, it, like, it garners no reaction. You want your music to, to garner a reaction. He just comes out with the thing with the little Ziploc thing he has in his hand right now, and nobody, like, it has no pop to it, everybody's like, oh, okay, this yeah, this guy. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and, and I think, know?
0: like, what happens with it is, a lot of it is based on Pavlovian responses, so if they don't get that response that catches on right away, it's like they're just going to be stuck with that music and coming out like, "Oh, here I am, like
3: <laughs> absolutely, and and that's the worst thing you want to feel like you don't want to feel like your you know your music you know you just don't want to feel stuck, you know you don't want to feel. You don't want to feel like your music is just kind of you're kind of just there, you know what I mean? And you want to be able to have something that that pops to the people, you know, like like still to this day, Brock Lesnar's music. When you hear that, tan, tan, you know what time is, like you know what's right. coming. And that's what that's what it needs. The music uh, the music always used to be a direct reflection of the person. When you hear Bret Hart's uh, tan dan, dan, music, when you heard that, when you heard Stone Cold the Rock it adds so much to the character of Batista or Triple H. You know, nowadays it doesn't, the music doesn't really reflect the people anymore. It doesn't, a few people it does, like maybe a Kevin Owens, like a Bray Wyatt now, Um, you know, even Chris Jericho with the Fozzie music, like even, even that, uh, it, it, it it signifies to him. So it sounds good. You know, it, it sounds good to who that person is. Um, uh, Private Party has some dope music. Private Party has some dope music. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, who else? Who else? Um, shout out to my boys, LAX. Uh, Bodega Bams made their theme song. I don't necessarily think that's a theme song because it doesn't really garner a reaction. But they're so loyal to Bams and, and that Puerto Rican fan base that it kind of makes sense. But it, it goes long. that edge. like. But, but, um, but, it, uh, but it matches who they are. You know, it doesn't really, it's not really, um, reaction music, like they're going on a reaction, kind of just like a rap song that plays, but it's good for what that street image that they're, they're going for. So no doubt.
0: Yeah, man. I, 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 I think, uh, you couldn't go wrong with asking for music for Cesaro, like, like always. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Well, he could, uh, never got him right. Never yeah, got him right.
2: I've been begging for Roman to have a new thing since he left the shield. It's just
0: Roman, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest ones, and right. I think they're so they're they're so attached to that shield like aesthetic for him that they, they'd never do it. But I think Roman with with something like you know w- what you did for Sammy Guevara would be like it just with a little bit like more high en- energy for Roman would be
2: yeah incredible. Yeah, I yeah I was say I think I, I've been saying he needed to get his fixed, and I like I heard the song Roman Reigns. I guess that was like your first one, and I was like. Oh my God, they could, man, (laughs) I was like, this could be it. Just because he is, his theme is just so like old. It's just old. It's stale. His whole, his whole act is stale, but his theme music needs to change like yesterday. I was listening last night. Yeah. Like earlier, I was like, they need to fix it. But,
3: yeah, 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 man. I, yeah, that, I, I don't know. You know, I, I pushed very hard for them to use it. It, it wasn't something else was in their plans, and um, I feel like even if it's not mine, if they just tweak it or do something, because it's synonymous with the group, and you kind of don't want. You never wanted. What you never wanted was someone to use the same music that they would when They were in a stable. You know what I mean? That same exact music when they were in a stable, because it's not going to change anything. You know, and it, it looks the same. His gear hasn't changed much. You know what I'm saying? So it's just been a lot of the same. So uh, I totally understand what you're saying.
2: All right, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, like I've had, like I wrote down a whole bunch of questions. You got anything, Rich? While I'm trying to think yeah, of- um, like
0: I what what was it like? Like like you're saying you're from the uh you, you live in St. Pete, and you know just doing more research on you. You've done like you like when he's saying that he has a resume, right, he's not lying. Like I like you you've done a theme for Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling, which is a, a promotion I attend quite frequently. What's up to Dax to Axe and um, you know, all the folks out there and Troy Hollywood and all those guys and, you know, um just from top to bottom, like, that, I, I think what you do is like is really like dope because I, I do a lot of that stuff myself. Like, you know, I'll, I rap, I make beats, different stuff like that, and I I just want to tell you it's like a real recognized real moment right now for me.
3: Thank you, bro. Um the talk to my man Troy Hollywood. Um, I I got to say one thing. I am um, working on the podcast. Uh, my, uh, my my it's still going to be a visual podcast called a Table. He's he is on the uh, he is on the panel with uh, with Snoop Strikes. Oh, and, what up, uh, Snoop? We're talking. we're we're talking all things music and I I definitely got to holler at you because I want to get you and definitely get you involved in something. Um, but, uh, you know, just, um, being able to, you know, make music for these promotions and, you know, being, being involved in that, man, I definitely appreciate that, you know, because I feel like, I feel like it, it almost becomes a thing where people just try to do it, to do it, like we said earlier, and it doesn't, doesn't have that feel, you know. Us as grown men, and as, as wrestling fans, wrestling fans, where we have some of the best senses when we know it's not meant for someone. It's like, nah, brother, this, this wrestling thing ain't meant for you. Right. Or being involved <laughs> in wrestling isn't meant for you. We can sense it in a matter of seconds. You know what I mean? So, for for someone to you know understand that, and you being a, uh, not only a wrestling fan but someone who was a musician as well, I definitely uh, you know take uh, uh credence to people's opinion like that. Because, you know, you don't have to say that. So I definitely uh, definitely appreciate that man and uh, shout out to Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Shout out to all the all the markets in the Florida area, the guys that's coming up, uh Troy Hollywoods, the you know, the Snoops, the the, the Kiko Harrises all the guys who are really, really grinding and, you know, making making a name for themselves. So I would definitely appreciate that.
0: Yeah, man, no doubt. Like what you're doing is like is, is so important. Like not only you know, like 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 you mentioned earlier, they you know wrestling for so long it's like a you know big heavy metal and stuff like that and I think you know the, the work you're doing like you know stuff with the Sammy theme and the Cody stuff and you know some of the aesthetic that AEW's like wrapped itself in as far as like uh you know some of the transition music I remember being at Fighter Fest and they were playing you know some some trap trap beats or whatever in, in between the transitions and stuff like that I think that's so needed to like just give this Thing, like a fresh coat of like of energy <laughs> rather than and there's nothing wrong like with the with the heavy metal and all that but it's like yo I've heard that my whole life like there's there's so much more out there and um, you know it, it and I think the further you go like the more it's going to open it up for for more people because as you mentioned like uh, with Josiah and you know a couple other people like it's there like you know, and it, all it takes is, like, a couple of the big companies to really invest. And I think NXT did a good job with that with bringing Josiah and And, you know, I'm looking at AEW right now, and I'm like, all right, I know Mikey Ruckus. Like, he follows me on Twitter. Like, I'm like, in his mentions all the time, like, what's up? Like, we out here. Like, you're out there. Like, there's like there's something bubbling. And and, and I think that um it, it's going to be a matter of time before, you know, stuff starts to, like, really start uh, moving.
3: Absolutely, man. Um, you know, shout out to Desire. shout out to, uh, shout out to Mikey, um, me and Mikey have actually, uh, gotten, got to know each other and, and done good business actually for the Sammy. So he looked out for me in many ways and, and, um, shout out to him and, 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 you know, I think this is what I think. I think that with WWE tapping into that market and being smart enough to, with, with Desire, you know, going viral and, and, uh, remixing people's themes and finding his lane, finding his. Finding, his, um, finding his, his spot in wrestling and in hip-hop and wrestling. And, uh, you know, a person like myself who's made it this far in just original music, which is, you know, it's a lot harder. But the thing yeah. about it is, man, what once you, what you, what you, what you have it and you get there, it's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. I think AEW was either as Mikey or myself. Like, I get tweaked all the time and I'm putting this on, your guys' wonderful podcast. Sammy said it himself. AEW, y'all need to bring me out there and do this live for him when the time is right. Because I'm telling you, I'm to tear that place down. I get that opportunity. I get that opportunity. I am tearing that arena down. Man, man. Tony, cut the check.
0: Yes.
2: Fly my dog out.
3: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Cut the, cut the check, man. You know what I mean? You guys got it. That TNT money. You know really what I mean? Long. <laughs> it's it's really yeah, long. It's real long. Yeah, brother out. You know what I mean? And, uh, let's you know, that's the one thing I'm really, really hoping for. There's two things I'm really hoping to do that's on the left on my bucket list. There's, you know, I'm, and the shot in the dark is getting my voice on the WWE theme. I believe it's going to happen some way, shape, or another. But it's really, you know, doing Wiley Mania, which is a lot of ways in the cards. And... Yeah. Really, really performing live. But what I really want to do the number one thing on my list is to perform live at AEW. And I believe whether it's through Swole's, uh, but I believe Sammy, Sammy's is going to be it because that debut first and he's really pushing for it. Sammy really wants it to happen. So I believe that, you know, with him having some pull in the company and being one of the top guys in the company already, with him pulling for it and when, when it's the right time. You know, I just I shot the video. The video's been out for a month. And I've been pushing, you know, the song by itself, too, along with Cody. And as long as I get people, I start doing these songs, like a Jericho or Jimmy Havoc, and I put these songs out, like, once, like, like every couple weeks. And these wrestlers, a lot of the wrestlers, some of the wrestlers already know who I am, and we're real tight with Eva Bates and, and Nyla Rose. Those are my personal friends. So mm-hmm. to, see, to see them now to put out these songs and get the, the higher-ups to know who I am, too, it's all going to work in my favor. It's all strategy, man. All strategy. No doubt,
0: man. Yeah, like, you just got to put it out. You never know who's going to hear it. Like, I was listening to Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Like, Sammy Guevara was wrestling on the NWA 70 show, and he didn't know Chris Jericho was going to be watching. And what did that lead to? That led to, you know, Jericho, when he was involved, you know, with signing on, he's like, why don't we get that Sammy Guevara guy? Like, and it's like you never know who's going to see it. So, let's keep putting it out, man.
2: Yeah, I like like with me, I didn't even – I didn't know you. I just – Saw Cody put out, and I was like, then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole. I'm like, dude, talented! You are very, very talented. I, and I was like, just I was like, it was like immediately hit my soul type of music. Like, okay, I can listen to this. I I, I put my wife; she didn't even like rap like that. And I was like, she's like, this is good. This is good. So I got to tell you, definitely feeling your music. But I did want to get through before I let you go. Want to talk about your wrestling journey just a little bit. When did you start watching wrestling? Yeah. Uh, how did all of this evolve to where you are today, as far as the wrestling side?
3: Great question. Um, as I, you know, previously said, I'm 31, still, still, still young, black and handsome. You know, I still got some years <laughs> left in me. Uh, so it started in um, 1992. I was five. And um, my first interview I remember watching was WrestleMania eight, Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper, which is one of my favorite matches of all time. Ric Flair versus Macho man. Uh, what else was on there? Tito Santana versus Shawn Michaels undertaker versus Jake the snake. I feel like, you know, i segue. I'm, I'm, there's two heel runs that I'm a big fan of that doesn't get his credit. It's, Jake the Snake's heel run in ninety one, ninety two when he was doing the thing with Macho Man and bit him with the snake and everything. God, I Trust love that Jake the Snake. I love it. I Trust love me. that <laughs> And um I love I love Hollywood rock too. O three Hollywood Rock. Oh, I love that. But um I uh you know, so that's that's when I started watching wrestling and my journey it it, it hooked. Um you know, my granddad at the time got me onto wrestling. He, uh, he used to put it on, and I just got about hooked by it. Uh, my wrestling journey has been like—I've I've watched all—all all the eras. I've—I've I've see, I've seen the Stone Cold and Rocks in their prime. I've seen the, you know, the Batista and Cena era. I've seen the, you know, the now era of the Daniel Bryans and the Roman Reigns. I've seen these generations change. I remember flicking back and forth in the nineties between Goldberg and Austin on WCW like. I remember them days flicking channels. It still like messes with me now the fact that when wrestles on Wednesdays I still get to flick channels again. It means it oh, it does something to my soul because I just never I'm not used to that anymore. I have to get conditioned to flicking channels back and forth again. Even though I'm, I'm more watching the all elite side unless my bro Swerve is on N X T then I'll switch you to watch the match. But outside of that I'm really sick in the AEW because I like what they're doing. Um. So my journey's been it's been that man. Uh, Bret Hart uh, is my goat. That's my favorite. Um, do I feel like uh, he's my favorite? Do I think he's overall goat? No. But is he my he's is he my goat for my for my favorite case? Yes. Uh, I believe my personal opinion is Ric Flair. But um, the uh, Bret Hart is my favorite wrestler of all time. So I grew up on Bret Hart. I had the shades, had the pajamas, had all the wrestling figures had everything growing up. I had a Titantron in the late 90s, you know, and, and, and now I always knew that I wanted to be a part of it. I just knew I didn't have the physical gifts to be a part of it. So, um, you know, that's when I got into the music thing and tried to get involved. Now I'm doing commentary for some indie promotions. Um, doing some commentary for NGW in Tennessee, uh, GCW here in, uh, in the Tampa Bay area. I do, uh, spot commentary sometimes to uh, build my skills up. I'm having so much fun doing that because it gives me something to do outside of just making themes for people. Believe it or not, and, and I thank you guys for the compliments uh, on you believing that I'm talented, but, you know, you do the same thing over and over again, it kind of gets redundant, you know, and um, you kind of have to have new challenges. I, I believe in, like, the Jericho mindset where you constantly have to reinvent yourself. And the one right. thing I can give Jericho a big shout out on is that he he'll he'll reinvent something before it gets stale. Like but, like he he is spot on the money with that on being able to like whether it's the list or the Le champion thing. Now by the time Le champion gets tired in probably six months to a year, he'll already have something else. Uh, amazing. Um, but being able to to you know watch these guys and now reinvent myself in wrestling, now that I'm involved in the business and knowing all the wrestlers and stuff like that, and being able to reinvent myself, being around for six years, it's, it, it's fun. So becoming a fan, uh, watching Bret Harts and the Owen Harts, rest in peace to Owen and the Goldbergs and the DDPs and the Stings, to now being in the business at this age, you know, and being involved in the music part of things, and, and now commentary and uh it means a lot to me so um I'm about thankful for this journey man. All Hell right. yeah man. All,
2: All right, right. <laughs> yeah Rick Flair the goat Bret Hart your goat yeah I um when I when I think about it you started you're, you you you're a few years younger than me but uh you started when you started wrestling is when I honestly can say when I went from like liking wrestling to loving wrestling is that WrestleMania eight, nine, and as we get because I was in middle school, heading towards high school. So, Rich, uh, Rich, what else you got? You got anything else? Because he that was my major question.
3: Yeah, I I, hey, man, I'm, man. I, got, I got nothing but time. Man. I got nothing but time, man. Ask me. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, who actually uh, does like a lot of
0: your production? Do you like dabble in that side of it too, or?
3: I'm, I'm kind of like the the uh the ditty in a way or, or like a dj Khaled in a way i'm not trying to lower my skills here no disrespect to that but i i'm saying that you know i'm kind of the guy that has the ear but i'm not necessarily making the beats right. I have a team of producers who i go to that knows my sound and um, a lot of these guys have made music for a lot of the bigger names that you, you hear now in the industry uh some mm-hmm. of you might be fans of some not but bigger names in the industry, but when they come to my sound, like they kind of tailor make something for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I kind of pick through things and I kind of pick the abstract records. The beautiful thing that I like about it, man. And uh, the one thing I will say is that I, I could give myself credit for. I like to pat myself on the back a lot, but I try to be relatively humble. But the, believe, the, the thing I do believe and I'm very proud of myself on is that I've been able to do wrestling music and I've not had to lyrically or morally Stop what I'm doing to change what I'm doing you know it was in my malls, or I can still come up with witty bars or a witty line or, or, or pick up like some some very abstract beats and I don't have to change who I am just to conform to an audience you know what I'm saying yeah and, no doubt man and uh I can still do what I want to do within my core or my soul without having to worry about, you know, oh, I can't write this kind of record for this or they, they might not listen to this in this market or the wrestling music I I just sit back, I just uh pick the right beats. I uh you know, I pick the right the right beats and I just like pick what is, you know, what is what is core in my soul and what I what I like to do. So when I'm listening to beats man, it just it just has to be something that I feel, you know, that I feel within my heart that is, is gonna, you know, relatively Create, uh, you know, hit the audience because you have to pick something that the audience is gonna is gonna vibe to. And I think that people who do do theme music or hip hop, you know, that is something that is very very important. You have to pick music that, you know, a, a, a Caucasian thirty five year old male, or a you know a older lady in her forties, or a young you know a young kid who's twelve years old, can all play together. Right. And, um, that's the, that's the kind of beats that I that I try to pick that, you know, even you might favor some of them than others, but you can say, you know what, as far as that beat selection is very smart. And I got a lot of hit ups after that Sammy Guevara song. And they were like, yo man, you picked the right music for him because nobody has that there. And I'm glad I did it that way. So I yeah. appreciate that.
0: Totally agree. Like, and like the wrestling world, like when you're doing like the wrestling music, it's kind of like as you mentioned, like, the the world is already set for you. All you have to do is, like, kind of summarize someone's character and either you can kind of walk in a first-person sense of that character or you can just summarize, like, their backstory in the verse and, like, it, it, all you got to do is pick the right beats, as you mentioned. <laughs> for anybody, like, and would, would, that, would you say that would be, like, solid advice? Like, if, if there was someone that was, like, trying to learn how to you know do kind of like autobiographical like or like wrestling music like what kind of advice would you give them
3: Great question I would I would say uh my my advice honestly my my advice to that person would be first you know know know, know your audience you know know your audience I say that to no matter what you do and in the form of entertainment is know your audience um Know that you're not just speaking to hip-hop fans in this. Um, if you're a hip-hop artist, you know that you can make music and you're going to be doing to that hip-hop crowd. This, you're going to be speaking to every demographic from the older males, the 50, 60-year-old males that are taking their, you know, that, that are grandkids, that have grandparents going to wrestling events the with their kids and their grandkids. You know, you have to please the wrestler, the person you're making the song for. So you have to know that person. If... I'm making songs for Sammy Guevara. It has to be flashy, but also it has to hit. It's something that can head nod, that'll that is that'll cater to him being in a younger twenties male from Texas. It has to have like a shining, like 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 it almost has to be like it has to be like a, a song that you know kind of brags about him, but it has to be something that the people can vibe to. If you yes. if you have to, you have to be very very you have to you have to know your audience. You have to know that it's an open demographic. Not everybody's going to like it. And you have to, like any song, And you have to be, you know, it's very opinionated. I get tweets all the time. Man, this song's great. Or I get some other songs. Nah, this song doesn't really fit. I get that all the time. It doesn't bother me. Because it's all, it's all, it's all relative. It's, it's all opinionated. But, you know, my advice to anyone who wants to get into this, and I'm an open book to anyone, you know, I have no problem holding this. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy to hold the secrets. When I'm long and gone, I want this to... To flourish and continue, um, you know, know your audience. Know exactly who you're making a song for. Don't just you know take a song and then you don't know how to speak for that person. When I write the wrestling songs, I try to re- I try to speak about the person as if they were a rapper. And right. it's not about me, you know. It's not about me. If I if I, I've kind of formulated now my own my own way of like writing about myself, but Still having it in the form of the wrestle, so it relates to me and him at the same time. It, it takes it takes some practice to doing, you know, writing about another another grown person and speaking for them and writing outside of yourself and, and uh, what you know, what you want to say for that person. Like the Cody record, for example, man, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. This is no lie, and I'm always 100 percent honest with my, with my my fans and people who relate to who likes the record. I had the beat right, so the same day that i uh, recorded that song i was in my house and i was just listening to some beats and that beat came on it was it was through an ad on youtube and i'm like yo that beat is crazy so i hit up the producer and we worked out an agreement and so i booked studio time and i'm literally driving to the studio i wrote that song on the way to the studio not even. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, there's nothing
0: like uh, that. That writing while you're driving because A is dangerous and B, like, your brain is working super fast, especially when you're inspired. So, uh, yeah, I, I
3: wouldn't recommend you know novices uh, do that. <laughs> yeah, man, please don't. Yeah, yeah, please. You're absolutely right. Hey, man, I'm an advocate. for Anyone out there, drive safe. You know what I'm saying? Drive safe. You know, bo- you know, I, I, I'm like, I'm kind of sometimes like the last minute guy with my writing. I um I write everything in the studio sometimes. I'm not the kind of I, I used to write everything before I went there, which is kinda of a smarter way to do it, but I like now that I've gotten like like more experience in the game, I can kinda of, like I can be, like last minute take, even though it's not the greatest thing to do sometimes. Like if I'm working on a, a professional album, it, it I don't do that, but sometimes like, like the the new album I mean uh Isaiah Schwartz Scott are working on, we're really taking our time with it. And yeah. uh we a, like, we really are taking our time. Like, we're going to shoot for four hours to do one song. Like, we, we really take our time. But my writing process, like, I just, I'm, like, spur a the moment. I'm like, hey, man, I want to book the session tomorrow. I want to come and record. And I'll go to the studio and I'll have, like, like a Jericho song I just finished. Like, I just did it. I'm probably going to record it in the next couple of days. Like, that'll probably be out right after Swole's song is out. I'll, I'll drop the, the, the Judas Effect song. And I'm just going to put it out there and just, you know, just keep Feed the content. There's power and content. Last thing I'll say directly to answer that question, guys, if you're going to get the wrestling music, content is key. Content is key. Um, put out your wrestling music. Put it out there. Uh, tag the wrestlers. Come up with creative ways. If you see someone else has done a Cody song, for example, like myself, if you if you're a rapper, find another way to do it. And there's still many other ways you can rap about Cody Rhodes and do it your way. I'm not saying I'm the only person that can do it. No, nah, if you're an artist and you want to do a Cody song, find a different kind of beat or something that is different from mine. You know, make it more rock rap, rap oriented, like a like a like a DMC would do or something like that. You know, make it make it your own if you do it that way. And just, you know, and, and even if you talk about the same thing, just say it in a different way. So um, you know, I mean it's all possible, man. There's just a certain formula I believe if you're doing wrestling music on how to do it. And, uh, you know, uh, look out for that Judas uh, Effect record coming soon, too. I'm definitely dropping that soon for, for Jerry. Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that.
2: I was going to say, definitely tag Social Suplex or all things Lead on it. We'll get it out there. We'll get everybody to listen to it if we can.
3: Oh, you already know, man. I, I, look, I look at everyone that's, like, networking, man. Let's all network and, uh, you know, let's um continue to build a, a friendship or a relationship, man, and, Let's, let's let's work, man. Let's um let's get this music up to the mess. Anything that I can do, uh, when I'm on the um, I'm recording uh Monday. I'm on the uh, Swerve City podcast. We have the Lucha House Party on the podcast, and uh, I'm gonna definitely shout you guys out. Uh, I'm gonna get all your info after this, and I'm on the next podcast that went live. I'm definitely gonna uh, get you guys to social medias and, and and shout out you guys. And and, and I it, and I'll say I say all. Of, I say all the lead on that pocket ain't nothing. Nothing they do to me, I'm not signed. So <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, for sure, I will definitely um shout you guys out and, and show you guys love for for everything you guys are doing. I, I did my research as well, saw what you guys are doing, and you know, you guys jumped on it early. And doing this early, jumping on it early is the best thing because you know you can build relationships early. That's why I want to be the first to make these songs for these people and push it out there. So I was like, okay, Teasy did it. Now it's like, okay, we're going to see if we can do it better than what he did. So, you know, set the bar, and then if somebody does it better, tip your cap to them, they made it, and salute them and and keep it moving. But you guys keep pushing with your podcast just because everybody thinks that's something that they want to do. If you guys have a passion for this podcast and broadcasting, you guys continue to do that. I fully support everything you guys got going on. I'll be retweeting, I'll be showing love to you guys and what you guys are going on and uh guys got going on and all. Um, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing and uh don't stop don't stop don't stop recording, man. Just keep keep learning and and, and keep putting out that content. It's power and content. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to get this man on the song.
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, man.
2: Yeah, well um I uh, I'm going to be in Tampa for WrestleMania weekend. Of course with Rich and so suplex cues, so hopefully we can uh, meet up and I can uh, get to meet you and you know you know, uh just uh kick it for a little bit, you know what I mean?
3: Hey man, let's um you know, I get in touch with you guys, let all meet up for lunch or something. That's oh, all uh so WrestleMania weekend. Let's uh let's meet up for lunch and uh you know, uh trade trade ideas, uh network and see what we can do to um accentuate all our talents. I believe it's power and networking, I don't care how big, small, whatever you are, there's always Someone can always have added value to what, to what you all can provide. We all can put our connections together and, you know, let's build just not, let's not have to be a one-time interview thing. You know, we got your social medias. I'll, I'll make sure we all exchange numbers. And, uh, let's, uh, continue to build something that is, you know, let's build something that is, uh, that we can put an empire on and, and, uh, make this happen. And, um, and uh, you know, see where we see where we can take this and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it outside of just this interview for sure. You guys are great guys.
2: Absolutely. And I will definitely thank you for your time. Rich, I'm gonna throw you. Do you got one last like good question to ask before we let him go for the day?
0: No, I don't. I, I think I think we we've covered it. All uh right. Pre- pre- at all, pretty pretty much. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just appreciate you uh, jumping on here. Uh, I would, uh, ha- thanks for having me on, Floyd. And um, uh, we'll, we'll definitely like you know we have uh have to do this again or, or work together in some capacity. Like this, yeah, for sure, man.
2: Well, I definitely thank you for being on, Rich. You are the music man of social suplex. So I was like, I knew I had to. I like as soon as as soon as TZ agreed to do it, I was like, I gotta have Rich on this interview with me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, he's gonna know the right questions to ask. So, I, 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 yeah. So I thank you and uh, TZ, man. Thank you for your time. I know it's early Saturday morning and you did uh you did me a solid being on the show. We definitely appreciate you. Do you got anything you want to plug? I know about we you said about Sword City Podcast that drops on Monday.
3: Actually, yeah, it drops um so we do, man, on uh quickly Sword City Podcast, Twitter dot com back Sword City uh pod. Uh, Instagram is Sword City Podcast officials, me, Big Swall. And uh, Swerve, we uh, we do a podcast every other week. Um, the the beautiful thing about it is that, you know, we're just a podcast of, of, we're just our own, we're on our own niche over there, man. You know, we're not involved in any of the politics and stuff like that. We all do our thing respectively. We're all a big family. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys, uh, every other week we drop those episodes, sometimes Monday or Tuesday. But they drop every other, every other Monday. So if we do this episode this Monday, it'll drop the following Monday subscribe to our Patreon, uh, Swir City Podcast. Uh, me and Swerve are dropping our, uh, first debut album as a group from Humble Beginnings. Um, April 4th, uh, NXT is could probably, it'll probably, it be that Saturday night, the night before WrestleMania. Hopefully, uh, it might be a Hall of Fame night, depending on what WWE does. Excuse me. It's going to be that night. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for that. Um, we have a big song coming out in January with a, uh, one of the biggest um, members of a group from the independent artist standpoint. Um, I will let you guys know off air who it is. But um, we have a feature coming out. We just dropped our single called I'm The Man. Check out that video. Cedric Alexander's in the video. Angela Dawkins is in the video. Um, Anthro and Brewer, the NXT referees, in that video, I'm The Man. It's on YouTube now. Swerve City your podcast YouTube with me and Swerve in there. Those guys featured in the video. So yeah, you know, um, follow me at Tz Scott on uh, everything social media—Twitter, uh, Instagram. Follow me, show your love, and uh, if you're listening to this wonderful podcast, tweet AEW, Instagram AEW, and let's get this petition to get this live performance going. And I, that's—I definitely want to push for that. Sammy Guevara takes flight. Live will take over the world. So let's get that started.
2: I was about to say January first in Jacksonville. Sound good to me.
3: <laughs> I'm saying, man, I'm a, I'm am gonna be there. You know, I'm gonna be there. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it sounds you
2: know, it sounds great, right?
0: Like <laughs> well, you already yeah, gonna be there. Like exactly. they ain't even gotta fly you out. Like you make
3: it real easy on them. I'm saying, like, Cody, what's up, man? You know what I mean? Like, hey, you know, like, they'll holler at me. I'll do both songs. You know what I mean? Give me, give me, give me a... Easy. Give me a... Hey, and, and, by, and by that time, I'll have Jericho out, so let me get, let me get something. You know what I'm saying? Let me get... Let me, put me in the corner and let me do my thing. You know what I mean? Give me an AEW shirt and let me rock. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, that that's definitely it, man. I definitely appreciate you guys' time.
2: All right, all right. Well, I definitely thank you. Thank you and Rich. Y'all have all the information. Make sure you go to their social medias and follow uh, Rich is on the social suplex at Rich Ladder and at One Nation Radio. Correct.
0: At Rich Ladder 32.
2: At That's Rich Ladder 32. Sorry about the number. But yeah, you got all the information, of course, and follow us at at, AT elite pod uh, on Twitter and we'll get that out there. But uh, just remember, I, I, I thank everyone for all music brings us all together. Love, love everything that you do, TZ. Love, Rich, all the themes you do for our show. J- our shows are just amazing. But uh, just remember, you know, no matter if it's homework or school, always do your best to
3: be elite. Sammy Guevara. This is my moment to shine, this is my top of flight I've been grinding forever just for this
2: very night I've been pushing for many moments like this This time is undervalued and no one ever could miss This is my chance, moment of bliss My
1: feelings so enchanted Many could understand it These skills out of the planet